0: It's Tuesday, September 7th, 2021, and this is the People's Podcast. This is Steak for Breakfast.
1: Smokey, this is not Nam. This is bowling. There are rules.
2: Today, Junior! America! Steak. For breakfast! So stand by.
3: This album is dedicated
4: to all the teachers that told me I never amount to nothing. It was all a dream. I used to read Word Up magazine. And pepper
0: and Heavy D up in the This episode of the podcast wall. is brought to you as always by Man Rubs. You can find them at manrubs.com. You can get rubs, barbecue tools, blow torches, t-shirts, coffee cups and all around barbecue related gear. Mm. Make barbecue great again with the code STEAK15 for 15% off anything in their store. Also brought to you by Stay Ready Gear at stayreadygear.com and on Instagram They Ready Gear USA. They've got holsters, custom Kydex, EDC-related tourniquet, anything you can find made out of Kydex, that hot plastic that everybody loves so much. It's pretty good. True story.
5: Use the code STAKE. 5% off your entire order. I like it. You know what else I like? Guns. Close. Some of the world's most technologically advanced in-studio recording equipment, and that can be found at odyssey.com. Whether you're podcasting like us, recording some tracks like Biggie, Or maybe you're a little bit of a gamer. Check them out on Facebook. They're on Instagram and at odyssey.com. As Noah just mentioned, and consequently things that go with stay ready gear your holsters, firearms, we all have them. Got them on my mind, apparently. We love them, and it's our constitutional right to carry them. Mike down at West Coast Survival Arms, he's redesigned his website. He's got a five-star rating, and he's been servicing Southern California for over a decade. He's a licensed FFL. More importantly, Mike's got ammo. You can hit him up on Facebook Messenger, on his website, westcoastsurvivalarms.com, or at 619-870-6992. Tactical gear. Being a medic, doing it mediocrely. You want to get down to uh, mediocremedic.com? They've got some patch uh, flare to adorn your med bags when you're responding to a life-saving situation. Whether or not you do it well or mediocrely, I guess it's only for God to to really know in the end. But they're on Instagram, they're on Facebook. You win some, you lose some. uh, True story, MediocreMedic.com. And then, uh, not least importantly, but uh, maybe Moch, Patch Flaredly. Yeah. The Patch Father, Mark Joe Friday down at Dumpbox and Dumpbox.us. It is the home of the Zero Fucks Duck. Uh, they've got coronavirus veteran flags, like the one we have hanging up in the studio. I'm wearing my Man-Duck Lorian shirt, got some stickers on my coffee mug right here, and uh, Mark's the real deal. You want the top tier of patch gear, dumpbox.us. Mark's also on Instagram and on Facebook. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Episode 61, Steak for Breakfast podcast. I'm Roan, and joined, as always, by Noah... What's happening? Antoinette's going to be here in a bit and joined today. He is the host of the Red, White, and Truth program on Right Side Broadcasting Network. None other than host, Mike Crispy. Thanks for joining us today.
6: Hey, it's good to be with you guys. You know, this is great. You guys got a nice, smooth, calm intro delivery. So I'll bring a little fire, balance it out, but an honor to be on the People's Podcast today. It sure
5: is. And and before we even get started, hey, don't forget to hit us up on Instagram, Steak for Podcast Breakfast. There you'll find a link tree that'll get you to all of our... uh, Backup accounts? Yeah, everything. Backup accounts, websites, streaming services, Antoinette's accounts. Uh, Her telegram's pretty fire. Ours is getting there. So you you definitely want to jump in there and uh, see what's going on. But more importantly, Mike, again, thanks for joining us today. Uh, Really... Blessed to have you come and uh, hang out with us for a while on the show. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you got going on down at uh, Red, White, and Truth right now?
6: Yeah, no, absolutely. And again, thanks, guys, for having me. Um, You know, this is one of the best podcasts that I listen to. Everybody tries to be super filtered and a talking head, and they worked for this political person on Capitol Hill, or Mm -hmm. they're trying to edge with this super PAC. And I've seen these things now for a couple of years, literally just as somebody who got into the political process from becoming a fan of the rise of Donald Trump, really. Um, it was 2015, and he was having a rally in October in Jacksonville, Florida. I was at the time working down there, and I was just so, just I guess, attracted to his message and what he was saying growing up in New York. I had always seen him on The Apprentice, and my family had always known him, and he's got the buildings. So I was just attracted to his message. It was no bullshit. He was speaking through no teleprompter. I loved it. It was, it was incredible. It was inspiring. So I showed up at six thirty in the morning to a Trump rally in October of 2015 in Florida. I was the, one of the first people in line. Can you believe that?
5: Yeah, and, I can believe that.
6: And there was 15,000 people that were there in the Jacksonville landing by the time he spoke. And I was right there up front. And he came around after and signed, you know, a copy of the art of the deal for me. And I took a selfie. And ever since then, I was I was hooked on it. And now to go to a Trump rally, you got to be there three days in advance. So, you know, the guy is, is larger than politics. He started a movement in this country and I've been involved in it ever since. I think one of the great things that he did was wake up people to the realities of government. Yeah. And how as individual citizens, you know, y- your future is so tied to these local swamp monsters who were in office, who were representing us in Congress and so on and so forth. So fast forward a couple of years later, people would always just be hitting me up for, you know, friends that I played football with or just went to school with. They'd always be asking me for my political take on things. And I decided to make it a podcast and it kind of took off a little bit on Spotify. And then one thing led to another, invested in the studio, the video, uh, and hooked up with Right Side and. The rest, I guess, is history, and I've been loving it ever since. It's it's just such a great thing to be able to speak with no filter, say whatever I want. Right Side's amazing. They don't you know, say, don't say this, don't say that. I just speak through it and give the people a perspective that's real with emotion that they probably feel the same way. And I don't think that there's too many of those shows out there. You guys are one of them, but there's not that many other ones out there, you know?
0: Nice. Thank you.
5: Yeah, well, we're definitely in a, a, a small demographic when it comes to you know just kind of tell it how it is we don't really go out politica agendedly we just kind of do the news and then add commentary but when you start to add commentary and bring on people who are you know kind of in the know every week it seems like the narrative that you get from your 5 to 9 p.m. programs on on most cable news stations is not really the narrative that's number one the truth And number two, news that you should be trying to uh, inform people who might not know otherwise with. And it seems like it's been like that for a long time. And it shows like yours and uh, ours now that, uh, you know, can't uh, just kind of break the narrative. Yeah.
6: Yeah. No, I mean, everybody, everyone. I I was watching Fox the other day and I I, and I I, this was incredible. I was watching a Fox News. It was live sometime in the afternoon, right before the five o'clock hour. You had two people on the screen. You had some guy who had Bush Cheney signed behind him. And he had the other lady who was a, a former communications director for Kamala Harris for president. And that <laughs> shit was on Fox News. That was their panel. Are you wow. kidding me? No one wants to see that anymore. And Fox, I mean, from people I know who, who who work there on the inside, you know, can't say who they are. But people said that it's it's going downhill. They're, they're hiring people uh, to try to balance out. And people want a perspective that isn't CNN, that isn't MSNBC. And Fox used to do some of that. I think Tucker's really the only guy left who I think is totally independent thinking on his own accord. Some other people to a lesser extent, but but Fox's, a lot of their daytime stuff and a lot of their programming, they're filtered too. You know, There are things that they get tripped up on and can't talk about. I saw an interview that I was at CPAC a couple months ago in Dallas, and I saw an interview that Lawrence Jones did with President Trump. And President Trump brought up the election fraud. And Lawrence Jones, you could tell, had been pre-programmed to respond to Trump in a certain way if he brought that up. And it was so robotic and so uncomfortable. And Trump was just, you know, classic Trump. I hate to break it to you, but, you know, whether you want to hear it or not. And listen, that like, like it's it's totally credible what he's saying. But somebody up above told Lawrence Jones, when you do this interview, you got to push our agenda and narrative which is you can't talk about the election fraud stuff. So it's just BS. And that's why I think media is fragmenting so much. And why at RWT, Red, White & Truth, RSBN, those shows, shows like yours, they're gaining popularity because people realize that the mainstream media, they're not professionals. They're no more in the know than you or I or or a lot of people who do this. They just are on TV because they're taking money and they know the right people. But it's not news. It's propaganda backed by money. Right. And that's the only difference between us and them.
5: No, you're, you're definitely right there. I definitely uh, think one of the big things you gotta see, you do see some people in the mainstream media, I mean, there's gonna be the ones that always hold the line. Well, they- can
0: you imagine if, if you had somebody in your ear, like... If, like- like if I had like if I was in the other room and you started saying something stupid and I was just like all right knock it off hey hey okay talk about this now
5: it's like that's exactly what's happening to these guys it's or, crazy or even worse after the show if they're just like okay that was cool that you ran with that election fraud thing but we're, we're gonna not clip, doing that we're going to edit that out and, and you're never going to do it again if you ever yeah. bring it up and and stuff like that but you do see some of some of them trying to splinter away it leaks through sometimes yeah but, but one of the things I, I always remind the listener there is no executive producer. I mean, I guess besides us, we executively produce ourselves, but that tell us what our programming content can and can't be. We just try to shoot it straight. At the same time, at, at a lot of the mainstream media companies, you do run into that problem. And, and the big issue with that is, is is, that sometimes the news that is actual won't get out there for the sole reason that someone is telling them that they can't say it. Um, especially on, on, you know, uh, an America First-themed show like ours and then yours over at Red, White, and Truth. Like, you know, you have Paul Ryan sitting on the board at Fox News, not a huge fan of Donald Trump, so a lot of that narrative is going to get smashed. Those interviews are going to get edited when they actually let him go on there. And, uh, you know, he's going to do everything he can to try and squash that content. So, you know, people just need to keep in mind it's very familiar. It's very comfortable to sit on your couch at night with a friendly face. I mean, I woke up with, or I'm sorry, I grew up with people like, uh, you know, Dan Rather and, and Peter Jennings yep. growing up, and, mm-hmm. and those were just faces when I knew he was on. I knew he was going to talk about world news. I was really interested about it. I want to see all these big interviews that he had. But, you know, at the end of the day, overwhelming majority of it was, was not true or skewed truth yeah. to bend a narrative that, you know, they want you to kind of buy into. So, you know, it's just one of those things where you kind of got to, break away from that mold and uh get out of your comfort zone a little bit to uh be able to get across you know what's really going on out there in this social media age it, it's really hard to hold the old narratives you did even 20 years ago oh yeah there's a lot of stuff coming out with nine eleven right now you know
0: yeah that's wild that's yeah. that's starting to leak out
5: yeah was, you think
0: they'd want to hold on to that one a little bit tighter
5: pentagon pictures are pretty interesting i've been circulating online for the last couple of days yeah they are fighting like hell not to get that One more point on, on what you said. Like
6: I, I, This article was out there the other day with Bongino. Bongino was upset because he has a show on Fox Nation. And they edited out Trump when yep. he was talking about the election in the interview. They just edited it out. Like, and just put the interview back together and then and posted it up. And then the other thing is that, you know, you have, even when you're on. So, like, me every week, you know, my show is on the YouTube Live and Facebook Live. Right. And it's like there's certain things. Where it's like, okay, you have free speech, but you can't even go 100%. You can go more than the other outlets, but you're going to get deplatformed off of it. And I think that's the greatest thing that the left has for them is that they scatter us Republicans on the information game. Everybody on the left is centralized, mobilizing on the big tech platforms. But us, when you say something, they fragment you. And then all Republicans are like, oh, I'm on Getter. I'm on Gab. I'm on Telegram. I'm here. I'm there it's like it's harder to mobilize and everybody is on different platforms yep. and not everybody's going to just one so that's how they win and it also messes with elections because think about it i have heard from candidates who have gotten throttled on facebook and on other things like that and they're running for office right yeah. and they're not even some of them are not even saying things that are about election integrity or anything like that you know you had a, a guy who's running for mayor in new york city he does he's not even a trump guy republican nominee uh, I don't, he just talks about stopping crime all day and TikTok is has taken his videos down. Yep. Right. So it's just, it. it's just like, they don't want people to, to see these things and that's just what it is. And that's why every week I try to put clips in my show and talk about stories that you don't see on the nightly news, you right. know, because for one reason or another, the TV doesn't want to talk about it just because it doesn't fit the agenda. It's so scary. Cause it paints an alternate reality for those folks out there who are working the, you know, all day job. They come home to the family. And as you said, they flip the TV on that's how they get their news. Yep. And it's like, they don't have time like me or like, or like you guys to like go through with all the sources, pick out the stuff, curate it, put it into a show. So like, that's what, you know, I take pride in doing. And, and that's what, you know, people need to find out more about these shows because that, that's how you get the real news from people who actually give a damn about informing the people, not pushing a narrative coming to them from above with somebody in their ear
0: yeah somebody with no motive is pretty valuable you know just like we, we don't really have a motive we just want to see like the truth come out about shit that we think is fucked up
5: basically right no you're 100 percent right um let's jump into the news talk about stuff that's going on right now i think uh, a good place to start the continued fallout from the disaster that's happened in afghanistan still trying to figure out what we're calling it surrender retreat pull out Evac, transfer of power, all of the above.
0: Secret Santa,
5: right? It's pretty ugly, um, but uh, yeah, that's definitely something that's that's negatively affecting the uh, worldview of the United States still. And uh, you know, we're really trying to take a look at what's going on there. Um, the Taliban announced the formation of their government today. They invited some of the all stars down to hang out. Russia, China, Turkey. Oh, good. Qatar. Yeah. Uh, places like that. Um, Pretty interesting I think their new transportation secretary Is on the FBI's most wanted list Five million dollar bounty
0: That's the worst house party ever
5: Well it's it's they have a new picture of him now Because he was there at the inception of the cabinet today But his old picture was like one of those grainy Pixelated like guy with the You know yeah. think, All you could see is like his eyes and,
6: Yeah <laughs> so, Guantanamo mugshot right
5: Yeah exactly and, and now he's <laughs> the, the new transportation secretary So roads for Afghanistan coming soon I hope, but uh yeah it's it's just the optics right now are are pretty weird of the narratives they're trying to spin from from the Taliban side of it you know they they've been kind of saying that, okay, this is our country, we observe Sharia law, like Sharia law is an extreme religious and nationalist way of running your country. However, you know a lot of the things that may have been viewed as go on in countries like this or associated to the Taliban 20 years ago are not going to be the same way. They've also pointed out that, you know, there are several Muslim countries that are more industrialized around the world that have Sharia law, most namely Saudi Arabia, who is one of our strongest allies um, on the world scale. And they point out that, you know, we, we have no problems successfully interacting with them, so there shouldn't be, in turn, any problem socially interacting with the, the Taliban on the same note. Granted, you know, <laughs> A lot of people in the mainstream media right now are running that that there's been observance that there was no females added to the cabinet positions. They're trying to spin that narrative. Again, the Taliban is putting it out there kind of ahead of the game, like saying, like, listen, our country is going to be Sharia law. You do understand that means there's not going to be women in government. It's just not the way it is. We're not taking education away from women, but classrooms will be segregated, you know, and things of that nature. So you just have to use a lot of discernment when you're looking at this whole situation. And then there's the whole... I feel like there's going to be a lot of polishing that turd. Right. Well, I mean, have we been doing the same thing with Saudi Arabia for the last 50 years? Probably. I mean, they still throw homosexuals off of rooftops and stone women to death for, you know, showing their ankles in public and stuff like that. Ooh, ankles. Right? Arousing. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's kind of one of those things, and we're just seeing this developing crisis going on with the six planes. There's two 737s. Four smaller planes parked on the tarmac at the airport in Kabul where, you know, people who are retired operators and such have gone in to bring out more interpreters, legal permanent residents, and and U.S. citizens in addition to special immigrant visa holders there. Um, But the State Department's kind of pushing back. And, well, they're not really pushing back. They're not doing anything. Um, They're not helping. Right. They've acknowledged that these people... Unnaming them are there and that there might be people with them on planes, if there are planes, according to the State Department. But in regards to helping them get clearance to land in other countries or to leave by the Taliban is something that's not yet um, gone to happen yet. Mike, just before we get into the actual, you know. Stuff I got broken down for today, audio clipped wise what do you feel about this whole disaster that's gone on there the last – I mean, it's been going on for years, but the last three weeks have been pretty paramount to uh, you the know, yeah, crisis we're in. I, I,
6: I got to say, I've been wondering, and I've been saying this on my show, is Joe Biden this stupid, yes. or is there something yes. more sinister yes. at play? Right. That's, and that's, the, that's the question. Is he that stupid, or is there something more sinister at play? And as I look at how it's unfolding – you guys talked about the formation of the new government, mm-hmm. these things – How the hell did America get, what are we getting? A bunch of refugees and our Americans are trapped. But China now has this beautiful, nice relationship with the Taliban. They said they're a terrific, trusted friend. Their embassy is going to stay. Obviously, you guys have talked about it. I've heard on your show and I've talked about it. The mineral reserves that are there. So you don't think for a second that this helps China and hurts the United States? So maybe, just maybe. Again, it's not conspiratorial. But every single turn of the Biden administration, you can look at what's going on, and it ties back to somehow China benefits from it, right? Hunter Biden is on the board of some company somewhere still. Uh, that he's on the Taliban board of directors, probably. Who knows? <laughs> but I'm telling you, every he's in charge of glassware. Can, I'm like, I, I, like is Joe Biden this stupid, or is it something more sinister? My conclusion. After all this is that the military industrial complex, all the people that have you know, lined their pockets for years and years, they got what they wanted. Public sentiment was to get out of Afghanistan. Joe Biden tried to do it quietly at the expense of American lives, yep. uh, didn't care about American citizens at all. He cared about poll numbers, which is evident because when he was talking to the Afghan president back in July, he was saying, hey, can we, you know, we need to modify the news coverage here to make it look like, you know, the Taliban isn't advancing and taking over so brutally. And- You know, you want to talk about human rights and all this? They haven't cared about that at all, obviously. You know, there's articles from 2015 out there where the New York Times wrote that troops over in Afghanistan were told to look the other way when boys were getting sexually abused in Afghanistan by other Afghan men. You have child brides. I've read stories about that. So there's been absolutely no real concerted effort from anybody in Afghanistan to do anything about human rights. And all of a sudden they're talking about all the women are protesting and, you know, the Taliban. And where's the women in government? What about the last 20 years when we were over there and nobody gave a damn? And you had, you know, stories, millions of dollars going to build a gas station that never got built. It's like phantom millions of dollars disappearing. And this is what we get. All we get in the end was people in the military industrial complex made a lot of money. These politicians pushed whatever they were trying to push. They benefited from it. Because they manipulated the news cycle. And what do you get at the end? We're gone. Our people are stuck. Biden doesn't care. And China is the winner in all this, hilariously. They're the new strategic partner of the Taliban. So listen, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but it's like time and time again, Joe Biden, everything that he's done or touched has turned to Chinese gold. And this is just another example of it brewing. You see Taiwan, China, right on cue. They are uh, being aggressive uh, with Taiwan. Taiwan is having to scramble some jets. And I read a story about that the other day. So what's going on here? I mean, how can you not point to this and say that this is going to enrich China further? And the people who we've elected to serve us for the last 20 years were making money. Trump called out the military industrial complex. They hated him. The woke generals hated him. And then at the end of the day, Our people are left behind. The troops had to stay to clean the base. That's a story we talked about. And it just is such America-last bullshit. And it's unfortunate that people don't see these, these members of Congress that are on the take and call them out for it and vote them the hell out. Because it's actually, I would say, criminal at this point,
5: really.
0: I wouldn't be surprised if losing the handle on Taiwan's up next.
5: Oh, I mean, someone who is not our friend on the overt level is going to do something to try and continue this new narrative around the world that we're losing our grip as a superpower. Yeah. Someone's going to have to do it. It's not going to be terrorist attacks. Those will come and go. Yeah. But it's going to be something an established nation militarily is going to try and flex on us soon.
0: And we're going to flinch.
5: Well, I hope not.
0: Well, not we. I mean, the idiot in charge.
5: We'll get to him in a minute. But first, Laura Logan was on Fox over the weekend. And it was a long weekend. Slow news cycle. We were able to pull... lot of good stuff for you guys but you know whenever you have a holiday weekend a four-day weekend you run into a lot of overtime yes and people who just go on the news cycles to complain about everything or just to talk long-windedly about stuff she's not usually one of them she's pretty decent um let's hear what she had to say when she jumped on with jason chavis who was covering for somebody over the weekend on fox news
7: like a surreal experience because it's that catastrophic we are committing national suicide on the world stage right in front of everybody's eyes and the most incredible part is that osama bin laden predicted all of this in 1993 he said that the u.s was weak in its will to fight that it would lose the commitment, and its its politicians would be the ones that led us down the road to defeat. And by politicians, uh, he included in that. the, uh, The generals... Who are politically appointed and trained once they get to a certain level. And why do I say that, Jason? Because what you're actually looking at, the Islamic Emirate of the Taliban, which is the government that they're about to declare. I spoke to one Afghan leader today who said, make no mistake, what's being reported in the news is wrong, right? Because he's not in the Taliban. He said, there are no talks. They are declaring their government and it does not include anybody else but them. And this emirate, is the basis, this is the foundation of the caliphate that Osama bin Laden and al-Qaeda flew those planes into the World Trade Center for, Mm. right? This was the whole purpose. We are handing to al-Qaeda and the Taliban and all the other Islamic terrorists who share al-Qaeda's ideology the greatest victory that they have ever known. And they are celebrating it from Beirut to Jerusalem uh, to Abu Sayyaf in the Philippines to, you know, these Islamic states in Nigeria and West Africa. I mean, this is the greatest defeat of the world superpower that anyone has ever seen, because what they achieved, this is what is different, Jason. This this is what is different. When when we lost battles and wars before, it was with dignity and it was with honor. But in this war, it is with shame, and it is drenched in the blood of betrayal. And we are isolated on the world stage, and we are weak because of it. And the only people who benefit are America's enemies.
5: And there you go. She kind of shaped that narrative. I didn't remember exactly everything she said, but it was kind of pretty much how we led into it. And I'm glad she cut Jason Chaffetz off, because I can't stand listening to him. Uh, uh, Excuse me. Can uh, I get in there? But, But, you know, it's just one of those things, Mike, what do you think, where... uh, you know, we were kind of just talking about that. The way it looks on the world stage right now, it's it's not looking very pretty. And we talked about Osama bin Laden, regardless of who he was, what he did, what he planned, what he was actually able to carry out, whether or not he's dead. And you could take every, you whether know. Whether
0: or not he did all that stuff.
5: Right. But the fact of the matter was he did make a video for al-Qaeda back in the early 2000s that's, you know, prophesized us almost, he said, basically retreating, giving up and retreating from you know, the the land of his people, and which isn't Afghanistan, but, you know, at the time was where he was uh, renting a room or a cave. And uh, How did, much does that cost, do you think? I don't know. Well, he had to have the IV drip and stuff because he was a diabetic. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. The probably nurse. The upgraded male, loft. Male nurse? Uh, probably.
0: Oh, boy nurse.
5: You think the IV bags hang on a goat? AK-47. <laughs> no, there you go. Yeah, oh, yeah. Linda explained that to us last yeah. week. But what, do you, what do you what do you think the, the world view right now the United States militarily uh, we like to pour in a lot of money so the people in our government back in the states get nice and fat in the wallet and then leave it there yeah and then and well yeah that too <laughs> but you know just keep cranking it out for all these these lobby groups and these special interests yeah. and these think tanks that that kind of fuel the you know military machine and and kind of just drop and run whenever we get tired of uh, playing wherever we're playing
6: yeah, no, I, I, listen. Osama bin Laden famously said that if Barack Obama was killed, they need to keep Joe Biden alive because yep. he is such an incompetent buffoon. And obviously, he knows that Joe Biden, not only is he incompetent and he's always been egotistical and arrogant before he went dementia ridden, but he's clearly on the take. I mean, he's yep. been, you know, his, his long history of being in politics since he was 29 years old. The big you guy. Know, this guy is a swamp monster. I think everybody knows that. And I think that I, I thought I would never say these words, but Osama bin, how is Osama bin Laden smarter than the Democrat voters who fell for this bullshit for voting for Joe Biden? I still don't understand how anybody could have seen that one coming, but people are such impressionable sheep that they were told, oh, Trump, you know, the orange man is bad. But what did Trump want to do? Trump wanted to get us out of it because again, it's about America first and we're in this endless war in the Middle East, billions of dollars. That's why the woke generals didn't like Donald Trump. Because whether, you know, whether it was Osama bin Laden or whatever, you know, those backstories that go back and all the theories that are still very much unknown and kept from us. uh, At the end of the day, we have wasted so much money, time and resources and we need to get out. And I think that Trump had the right way to get out a conditions based using our strength. Now, again. Trump was president right now would not have went down like this and Osama bin Laden's prophecy or whatever it was, wouldn't have come true because he would have used the military might. He had no problem doing it. He did. It seems like the USA, we have all this. Oh, we have all this stuff. We spend all this money, all our tax dollars go towards it. And then when it's time to do something about it, our people get left behind and you see civilians who are sponsoring these rescue missions. And it's like a feel good story, like the Pineapple Express thing. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. You know, but it actually makes me angry. Cause it's like, what the fuck? We gotta, we like, we pay our tax dollars, and then the people need to sponsor, like, by donation, the rescue mission. We can't <laughs> allocate any tax dollars to getting people out using our government resources. And then I saw the footage of the Taliban, you know, flying our helicopters, counting our cash, you know, posing feeding with our, our ammo,
5: <laughs> feeding you know, our dogs. Yeah,
6: they're, they're eating. The, yeah, I don't know what eating the dogs. I don't know what <laughs> they're doing with the dogs. But they're strapping AK forty seven on the sides of goats and <laughs> running around and shooting everything, Assault living goats? in their sand cave. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but it's a, it's a disgrace. And I think Laura Logan, um, you know, I I think the thing that she left out there was the fact that, you know, I think this is somewhat intentional. I mean, these people want global governance. They want the USA to be watered down. That's why these other, that's why China gets great new relationships and all these other countries get invited to the, what is it? The Afghan government ribbon cutting. But what do we get? We get refugees who 95% of them or more do not believe in our values, right? They, unlike immigrants who have come in the past, you know, 100 years to America, who want to conform to American values, these people believe in Sharia law. In Sharia law, you had a story the other day where a woman in Berlin was, I think, brutally killed by an Afghan refugee because she was working, right, or something. You guys see that story? Yeah, she was
3: was gardening
5: uncovered.
6: yeah, gardening uncovered. Yep. So it's like these people are not compatible, okay? They're not compatible with our way of life. They come in. I saw the list of where they're getting resettled. It all coincidentally happens to be big cities in the swing states. Sure does. So these Weird. refugees come in. They're in the big cities in the swing states. They're going to get – I read something. That I haven't confirmed it, but they're getting uh, $1,250 a month. Yep. Um, obviously, Joe Biden uh, earlier in his term a couple months ago passed a historic increase – quietly in food stamp benefits yep. obviously the afghan refugees are going to get that right they're already complaining about their food rations yeah i, I saw that story so it's I like how do you think i retweeted him over the weekend vote?
5: yeah you, you want to know what else they're getting i don't know if you if you listened to that part of the show last week or not but uh ivermectin both before they leave <laughs> afghanistan yes. and, and when they get here to ensure that they're they're virus-free. getting horse dewormer they sure are so to ensure that yeah. they're virus-free when they get into the United States oh. is pretty interesting. Yeah, exactly. Um, speaking of woke generals and unsolid leadership, Jeez. General Milley had drill this weekend. Catherine Herod ran into him. What while color she, boots did he wear? She was doing a little story on Gitmo that we'll get into later, but don't you want to hear what our most wokest general in search of white rage had to say? Oh, my God. In regards to if we're safe now. Oh, my God.
8: Is the U.S. safer today since the U.S. has withdrawn from Afghanistan?
9: Well, you know, this is something that um, I've thought a lot about, um, and and I personally think that my military estimate is, is that the conditions are uh, likely to develop uh, of a civil war. I, do, I don't know if the Taliban is going to be able to consolidate power and establish governance. They may be, maybe not, uh, but I think there's at least a a very good probability of a broader civil war. And that will then in turn lead to conditions that could in fact lead to a reconstitution of Al Qaeda or a growth of ISIS or other myriad of terrorist groups. So I think the the short answer to your question is, uh, we don't know yet, but the conditions are very likely, in my opinion, that, and I've testified this and I've said it in public, uh, that you could see a resurgence of terrorism coming out of that general region within 12, 24, 36 months.
0: So there you go. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, are, are Americans? What did she say? Are Americans safer now? Yes. Yeah, definitely, because you just fucking gave like a terrorist group a goddamn drone and a fucking attack helicopter, howitzers, and yeah. Oh yeah, that that's not going to come back and bite us in the ass. Not and then at all. get this: when we inevitably, you know, have to send troops back in, which we already have. Yes. Just imagine the vehicle-borne improvised explosive devices, like. Normally, they're like, okay, there's a 1974 Volkswagen Beetle coming. Let's make sure it's okay. But now we got, okay, there's a Humvee coming. looks just like ours. Yeah. Yeah, just imagine.
5: Oh, and they're wearing our uniforms as well. Yeah, good to go. Pretty interesting to say. You know, in addition to uh, all of our stuff, when they did their little military parade last week in Kabul, they also had tractor trailer flatbeds completely lined up with all of the different kinds of bombs that they used. Wow. different sizes from all the way to, like, a small g- orange gas can all the way up to, like, the 500-gallon K-Rail plastic K- that they build IEDs mm-hmm. with. And they just had them all on tractor trailers with, like, mock tickers and Taliban flags on all of them to show, like, not only do we have howitzers and helicopters and Humvees now. But
0: look at all the shit we can build.
5: Yeah, look <laughs> at all the stuff that we used to build. <laughs> was, there,
0: was there pressure cookers from Let, Walmart? Let's not forget our past. Oh.
5: So... Yeah, it was it was pretty funny. Started from that.
0: the bottom. Now we're here. Oh gosh, did you see the? Uh, there was actually a photo, and it was like the Taliban wearing uh, navy uniforms, right? And I think they really liked the uh, blueberry, the navy, the blues. They're not the blues, but the uh, blue uh, camouflage, Mm -hmm. which is completely useless, by the way. Right. Uh, Unless you fall off the boat and then you can't be found. Or live in Afghanistan. Right. Uh, But they were wearing the maternity uniforms because they were, you know, the proper length for,
5: (laughs) for their, uh, you know, that's kind of their thing, I
0: guess. Perfect. Yeah, fantastic. They look silly. Yeah, look great to them, I'm sure. Fantastic, squared away.
5: So. Yeah, Mike, what do you got? General Milley, I'm sure you're not a fan. Listen, the, these are
6: our smartest people. Just goes to show you, you know, these are the, you know, they got six degrees and all this. General Milley wants to understand white rage. Mm. You know, you call the members of Congress, call the rank and file troops patriot extremists, right? You got to root them out in the ranks. Like, what does that mean? You love America a lot, so you're an extremist. It's like these woke generals and these people in the Pentagon, I've said it, the rank and file you know, the rank-and-file military, buddy. they love President Trump. The people at the top did not like President Trump, right? Because I don't think you should be able
0: to, to get to the top, top unless you've been in the rank-and-file. Yeah. I don't think any of this bullshit would happen if you had some combat vet who's done fucking 17 tours be a general and, like, be fucking yeah. on top of it. Like, yeah, put that fucking guy in charge. They, he knows they, what to do.
5: They don't have people like Tommy Franks anymore and General Schwarzkopf. Yeah. It's these, it's these academia losers
6: who are up there running it. And when General Milley gives an answer like that, just so obviously stupid. It's like, dude, you are a general, okay? And we are talk show hosts. And it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out all the things you just said. Oh, they just got all, you know, millions of dollars worth of our equipment. Maybe we're a little bit more less safe, right? A little bit more less safe. Yeah, the but scales like, are tipping. Clearly, yeah. Like, well, but it's just such a disingenuous thing for him to say. And over the last 20 years, this is what we have to show for it. Th- they didn't know this was coming. They didn't know no matter what we did that it was going to end like this. you know. And I think, again, Trump had the best way to end the mess with what he was negotiating and what he was setting up there. But clearly it wasn't going to end well. And we have nothing to show for it. And these people, everyone, they're the experts. They're smart. CNN puts the generals on TV. But they clearly don't know shit. I think that's what – We've come to and the rank and file of the troops, they're not in a position of power. And if they say something like Stuart Scheller, then they get dismissed or, or whatever happens. Yeah, you get again. your balls so, nailed
0: to the wall if you if you speak yeah. the truth and you go against, you know, like if he actually gave an honest answer, if if he even had the inclination to do so.
5: After talking for two minutes and then just saying, I don't know.
0: Actually, yeah, we're kind of fucked now. That's what I would say. Yeah, it looks like we're kinda fucked. Yeah.
5: Well, you know I mean
0: not to use like, you know, military terms but we're fucked
5: (laughs) it's
6: like it's like uh, taliban al-qaeda isis k all these things it's like everyone wants to paint this even republicans want to paint this in a box of like who's good who's evil who's on our side who's not on our side again we 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 have no place like nobody's our friend these are all people who are not compatible with western values way of life they're not letting the americans take off it's like i hate them all I don't like the Taliban, don't like al-Qaeda, don't like ISIS-K. None of them are our friend, right? It's a nuanced situation. So it's like, stop pretending like, you know, Joe Biden, oh, the Taliban are are providing a safe passageway. And we gave them the list. It's like, no, nobody's our friend, right? Right. America's in it. America first. We have the might. We have the resources. We can go in ourselves and take care of what we need to take care of without relying on any of these sand cave dwelling freaks. But – I don't know what Joe Biden's doing. Clearly, he's not smart. Clearly, when he speaks like that and he doesn't speak, someone's telling him to say what he says. There's something more dubious that is behind the words. And that's what bothers me the most about this administration.
5: True story. And you did mention Donald Trump having a plan. He sat down with CBS's Sunday News show over the weekend. They went up to Bedminster and he actually gave them an interview. I do have the portion where he's.
0: I don't remember. Did Donald Trump ever get a list of people he was allowed to call on? I don't know. That doesn't ring a bell to me.
5: Or tell people, like, you know, I'm going to get in trouble for answering this question. Yeah.
0: No, he didn't. He just went full retard all the time. All the time. Yeah.
5: All right. Here he is Sunday with CBS's weekend news show. The
8: Taliban was in its strongest position since 2001, and he said he was stuck with your negotiations and that you didn't have a
10: good plan. Hmm. So, just so you understand, (laughs) I said don't kill our soldiers. They didn't kill our soldiers. Again... Whether it was 14 or 18 months, we didn't lose a soldier. We had conditions. We had a condition-based. When they didn't meet the conditions, we bombed the hell out of them. They would call and they would say, we would like to meet the conditions now. We had it perfectly, perfectly in control. We could have taken our time. Nobody was coming in. If you look at what happened, it was after I got out with a rigged election. As soon as God I got out, in there. they started taking over. We had it perfectly in control those 13 Incredible people would be alive today and the parents know it every one of the parents said if President Trump was rightfully the president Our son and or in one case a daughter Would be alive today They went in they did something that was so stupid think of it. They took the military out first yeah. as soon as the military was out the the Taliban came charging in. They probably couldn't believe that it happened. It probably took them a little while to say nobody could be so stupid, but they were so stupid.
8: Do you think the Afghanistan war is over? Uh,
10: I don't know because uh, you have people going all over the world and being dropped all over the world right now, and nobody knows who the hell they are, Cheryl. These were people that rushed into the planes. And they were so interested in trying to make it sound like, gold, oh, they're doing a good job. These people, many of these people are going to be terrorists.
5: Terrorists. You just put out a statement right now as I was playing that audio. Uh, kind of touches on COVID, but then jumps into Afghanistan because that's probably the biggest punching bag right now. And I'm reading from the office of Donald Trump. Why is it that nobody talks about the horrible job being done by the Biden administration on COVID-19, often referred to as? The China virus. <makes noise> are they using the same cover-up methods that they are using on the greatest embarrassment in the history of our country? The incompetent withdrawal from Afghanistan, leaving dead warriors, hostages, and $85 billion worth of the highest-grade military equipment behind. No military event in the country has ever been so poorly handled. We could have left with dignity, honor, success, nobody killed, and all of our equipment. But we didn't. Oops. Yeah, that's from... that's from. Uh Papacito just dropping now while I was playing that audio so he must he must be listening. There's probably some kind of wiretap in here. I know Dan Scavino's a fan of the show. I hope. Um, but yeah, he, he kind of just goes over you know the basis of, of what we've been saying and, and that was the one thing that we've pointed out on the show several times. There have been a lot of people who always talk about the plan we were inherited, the plan we inherited, the plan, the Trump plan, this that idea. but you never have these military experts going on the talk shows, talking about how it was a bad plan, because it wasn't. They just chose to change it and not use it. So there would be so much armchair quarterbacking going on if there was so many flaws to the Trump plan for the withdrawal from Afghanistan as, you know, just the talking points try to make it. But they never give any substance, and I, I strongly believe, because it's like he said, we had stipulations. If the stipulations weren't met, he would make the call, Abdul, your house, <laughs> next, next. And then he said right there in the interview that we just listened, they would call back and say, You want to know what, President Trump? I'm ready to follow the stipulations. And and that's kind of the way it was. Can you imagine? Like,
0: they're like, Are we on candid camera? Like, they just left all the shit and nobody. No, they they got to be still in that warehouse. They they're in there. They're it's in like, there. This is a joke. They're gonna bl- fuck us over right now.
5: We blow up. What you about the first guy that had to go push start the Humvee? That they do you think they were all hiding behind? Oh, they're and- it's gonna blow up. <laughs> yeah. This is what we would do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you know, well, it's
0: just like okay, I'm gonna write down a plan. I'm gonna get up from the studio right now. I'm gonna write down: get up, grab phone, grab wallet, grab keys, walk out the door. Got all my stuff good to go, right? Mm-hmm. And then I get up and I just grab a hammer and smash myself in the dick as hard as I can. Mm. That's oh, that wasn't in the plan.
5: Yeah. Sure wasn't. But here we are. Mike, what do you think on after hearing that Trump audio? Uh, I know it's a, it's a know, lot of what we've heard repeatedly I, from Donald Trump, but but then again, we're still trying to figure out if he's wrong, and I, I don't really see any wrong to is, it.
6: This is why President Trump got elected. He speaks, again, you heard Millie's bullshit, non-sequitur response. And then you hear Trump speaking like a real person. Because, again, this stuff isn't that complicated, right? President Trump, uh, he did an interview the other day with someone who I'm really not a huge fan of, but with Hugh Hewitt Yep. um, the other day. And he was on there. And Trump said he talked about his conversation with the Taliban leader, right? Like they were trying to see who's the leader of the Taliban. The intelligence pointed to this guy. Trump got on the phone with him. And, he, and Trump was funny. He said that the call started off hostile. And then Trump, I guess, again, this is just real. This is how it, this is how it really should be. Trump, like, I think from remembering it properly, read, like, where they live. Like, I guess he, like, knew it and said they were going to bomb this specific area where all the Taliban leaders live if they do not, you know, come and negotiate and all that. So, I mean, he basically threatened them. And then they backed down. And then they were nice. And, like, that's, like, common sense. You would say, well, why wouldn't the leader – flex the military might and our intelligence and our abilities to say, listen, Taliban, you live right here. If you break these conditions and hurt the Americans, we know exactly where you are and we will drop bombs and blow you off the fucking map, right? They Text text
0: text message him a pin.
6: It's it's (laughs) much more... I think that's what he said. I'll go back and look. But it's much more... Everyone goes, oh, it's much more nuanced than that. It's like, no, it's not. It's really not much more nuanced than that. And Trump, again, he was negotiating the deal. There were conditions and once... He was gone and Biden was in the Taliban. Why wouldn't they again think in their shoes? Why wouldn't they just keep going? There's nobody enforcing conditions anymore. Why wouldn't they just keep blowing past the stuff? No one's going to put them in check. So these people, you know, the Taliban and those people, they respect one thing and that's strength. Right. They're not diplomatic. They're not that they're not nuanced. They are basically cavemen. I don't think they can read and write. They respect might and strength. Yes. and That's what Trump gave to them. And that's what they understood. And that's why they didn't get out of line. That's why nobody was killed. And he was putting together the deal. Trump was no fan of the president of Afghanistan. Trump said the only people who were fans of him were the senators, right? Uh, who He said the only people who was fans of the Afghan president uh, were the senators and vice versa. That was his only friend. He was a puppet, right? The Afghan president. And Trump knew that. And so he was you know, negotiating the deal with everybody for the power sharing arrangement of what was going to be after we withdrew. Cause you got to get out there somehow, not going to be perfect, but you got to get out. And once Trump was out of office, nobody was enforcing the conditions. What would these cavemen, bloodthirsty cavemen who lust for power do when nobody's keeping them in check? Just go, yep. you know, Oh, we had to deal with Trump. Let's honor these conditions. Of course not. No one has the balls to enforce it. So, you know, it's just pathetic. And again, by Joe Biden, is it stupid or is it intentional? I think the jury is still out, but I think a good case can be made that there is some dark intention
5: behind what happened. Absolutely, I agree with you there. Circling so back real quick to what I was talking about, the formation of government ceremonies in those countries that joined. I wanted to give a full list. So we have Turkey, China, Russia, Iran, Pakistan, and Qatar. So, yeah, just in case you weren't paying attention, to who our friends in the region may or may not be. Right, we didn't get invited. No, Biden didn't get back pa- the ribbon cutting. apparently we missed. <laughs> we may have. Been, well, here's the thing. Labor Day weekend came and went. And instead of focusing on this situation or other things that are going on in the country and or the world right now, Joe Biden vacationed in Delaware for a couple of days. And then yesterday on Labor Day, went to meet with a labor union and in a large group setting with no masks, no social distancing, passed out sandwiches to everyone. So kind of an interesting uh, optics. At at one point, I don't want to play it because I can't stand listening to him. Someone asked before he was going to go to this event if he was going to meet the Afghan refugees, and Joe Biden's response was, well, they're getting dropped all over the country, so at some point I think I'll run into some of them. That's that's literally the answer he gave. It's not going (laughs) to age well. No, not at all. Um, Hopefully. yeah, he's just an absolute disaster. We sure just, I'll
0: run into him eventually.
5: <laughs> yeah, and this again is coming at a time when the State Department, wow, is accused of blocking somewhere in the vicinity of a thousand people from getting out of Afghanistan right now. Um, and, and it just doesn't make uh, too much sense on why, but you know, it, it's one of those things that you just gotta try and hope that it works itself out and they can get those people out of there. Um, it was it was also pretty interesting to see over the weekend there was a. Uh, report out that there's a budget plan uh, that Joe Biden proposed and more than a dozen Democrats on a key panel broke ranks to endorse a $24 billion increase spending above the limit that Joe Biden said he would like to see passed. So now you have all these people. I mean, you're getting it from both ends. You got the Republicans killing him for everything. You got the Democrats killing him for, you know, trying to put a less of a military budget out there and then they're saying oh no military industrial complex we got to fuel the shit out of that we're gonna go and bump it up 24 billion dollars and it's like where are the 80 million votes where is the overwhelming support where is anyone coming to this guy's defense mike have you seen any of it since the beginning
6: you cut out there for a second you I just say,
5: Have you seen anyone come to this guy's defense since day one? I mean, Mister. Eighty million no. votes, overwhelming support. The, the the cure for orange man bad. This is what the American people wanted. The referendum on Donald Trump, that our savior, and and here we are. You have both. Oh, you have both ends of the government who are technically the same government. I mean, they they all just work together and collect money for the uniparty.
6: Yep, yep, that's the term. It's the uniparty. It's two people on opposite sides of the same coin. Um, who are making it look like that they're fighting each other. But in reality, they are cutting deals that only benefit themselves. And nobody cares about Joe Biden. Again, Joe Biden was a figurehead to look like a white moderate so that people would be tricked into voting for him and that the dark, swirling interests behind the scenes could do what they wanted to do and carry it out. First time in our history where we have a president who we don't know who's calling the shots because it sure as hell isn't Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. What a perfect person to put there, number two. She has no loyalties except to Willie Brown. She has yeah. no she has no absolute ideals. She literally is a hollow, empty being who does whatever her lobbyists say. Yep. But she looks like a black woman, so then you do that. She could, you know she's off 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 beyond reproach for being criticized, right? So you got her there in the wings, and you have a group of people. Trump has said this. I agree. Ten people behind the scenes who are creating policy for him and putting it in his face. Yeah. You know, uh it's 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 insane. I mean, I, I was talking to Roger Stone the other day when I was down in Florida and he said Susan Rice is running uh, you know, our our national security. Yep. Barack Obama's pulling the strings ultimately and then a couple other people he rattled off are 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 running policy and putting it in, in Joe Biden's face. So it's absolute bullshit. He he talk about eighty million votes and all that. Ugh. Again, Joe Biden And I always say this to people who want to talk to me about, oh, evidence, election. Listen, let's just deal in the world of reality. In places like Cleveland, Ohio and New York, New York, right? Big urban cities from 2016 to 2020, Donald Trump went slightly up, I believe, in his vote total. It was either the same or he went slightly up. Now, in big cities with extremely similar demographics, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Detroit, Michigan, Joe Biden surged to historic levels. He was, you know, the Martin Day Martin. He was the modern day Martin Luther King, right? Getting black votes like have never been seen before. How, in such similar demographic places, did the vote disparity become so wide? How did Joe Biden have this historic African American inner city vote in the swing states, but in the other states like Ohio and New York, there wasn't much changed? That's clearly fishy. And then the bellwether counties, 18 out of 19, yep. that went to President Trump. So Joe Biden also won the lowest amount of counties of any presidential candidate, I believe, in the history of election. Counties. Yeah. So it goes to show you, this man had no popularity. Nobody rushes to his defense. Nobody watches his live streams. More people listen to you know your podcast, my show, <laughs> than they listen to a Joe Biden address because they know it's spoon-fed applesauce Talking points on flashcards, that's and that's true. it. It's a pseudo, it's a pseudo administration. It's such bullshit. And the fact that people can't see that for the first time in our history, we have a leader where he is taking orders and saying what's put in front of him. That should scare everybody. And it, it's just, it's just such a disgraceful point in our history that people have fallen for this ruse, and you know, are just sheep. They're yeah. just utter sheep.
0: A lot of his live stream views are just people <laughs> going on there just to shit on it and, and thumbs down though.
6: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no. They delete the likes off the videos, you know? Yeah. But no, nobody cares about this guy. He's a he's a figurehead, and they will toss him aside when it does not become expedient for him, for them anymore, the DNC. They're going to toss him aside soon. I'm calling it now. Sure he will be the nominee, obviously. They're going to toss him aside. You don't know who's going to be the candidate. I don't know if it'll be Kamala. So much time could pass from now until then. Oof. Um
0: but How can they toss Joe aside Biden the popular most popular topic. president in the history of presidents? <laughs> yes, the most popular
6: president, right? It's not going to be him. They're going to toss him aside. He should, he should get another
0: uh, another term for sure, right? Spe- wouldn't that make Speaking of things that be, aren't aging sense? well, yeah,
5: right? Sh- me. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm going to segue to a new topic, kind of staying in the same region, but something I don't know if neither one of you guys are, are kind of in the know about this, but I've been tracking on it for the last month because it's something that you usually don't see all the time uh people literally coming back from the dead. And it's what about close <laughs> in Libya? Oh. Yeah. So after more than a decade of civil war, two of Libya's first sons have I guess figuratively come back from the dead in the last 60 days. I don't know if you saw this, Noah. No, I didn't. Two of the sons of Muammar Gaddafi, one who was sentenced to life in prison, the other one who was presumably dead for over six years, have mysteriously reappeared in the North African country and countries around it. Um, Everybody knows who kind of tracks politics how based Muammar Gaddafi was. He he was an evil and terrible man, but he also was an anti-globalist, anti-one-world currency, anti bullshit, trade packs, and, you know, all of those things. He just didn't buy into it. He wanted to kind of make Africa great again back in the day. Yeah. Uh, fell victim to the Arab Spring. We've talked about it on the show. Pulled out of a gutter when, you know, they had the uh, palace over there overtook, beaten, shot, bayoneted in the butthole. That's a rough one. Yeah, I'm live not, on, not, live not a on huge YouTube. fan. It, it was pretty ugly. Tough way to go. Yeah, but let's Tough take it back. 2009. Uh he gave a pretty powerful speech that still circulates online at the United Nations. It started off with him pontificating, lasted almost an hour and a half, had him crumpling up papers and throwing it at the president of the United Nations at the time. Ooh. Yeah, just kind of railing on <laughs> Now remember, this is paper airplanes too soon. Yeah. Uh Ugh. Yeah, we're and th- we're talking about 2009 here, so this is not now, this is not COVID. This is 2009. I'm going to read just two excerpts from that speech that I was able to pull. It said, This session is taking place in the midst of so many challenges facing us. The whole world should come together and unite its efforts to defeat the challenges that are our principal common enemy. Those of climate change, international crises, uh. such as the capitalist and economic decline, the food and water crises, desertification of terrorism, immigration, piracy, man-made nuclear proliferation. Perhaps influenza H1N1 was a virus created in a lab that got out of control, originally being meant as a military weapon. Such challenges also include hypocrisy, poverty, fear, materialism, and immortality. And Again, that wasn't last week in regards to something Dr. Fauci, or the CDC director, went and said on television. Immortality? That was something that Muammar Gaddafi said at the United Nations back in 2009. He did also at the time when he was there, and remember, there are no coincidences, set up his presidential tent on one of the greens at Bedminster when he was staying at the Trump golf resort for that event and had people coming and going, which included some goats walking around. Not joking. But you can go find video of it. He set up a presidential tent on one of the greens with goats at Bedminster. With, like, him in the chair, the throne, and the two huge ostrich feathers fanning him. And that's where he was hanging out while he was going back and forth to the United Nations for this event back in the day.
0: So he's just hanging out. There's just goats roaming around.
5: Oh, scissor me timbers. I mean, not really the best place for that one, but <laughs> we got to get it in once per show. Um, and then you look at why the reasons that he was killed during the Arab spring. I, I have a piece from an opinion piece here. It says he was not killed for humanitarian reasons. He wanted to empower Africa. He had a plan to create a new African union based on a new African economic system. He wanted to introduce the gold dinar back to the African currencies against the global standard that was going on at the time so they could become free from the dollar. He wanted to protect Africa's vast natural resources from the Western looting. Imagine that. Mm. Also something that didn't age well and is going on right now. I guess it's the East that's looting it, though, via China. And the imperialist nations eliminated him, which a lot of people think a lot of people in the West had a lot of influence going on in these countries where the Arab Spring started, Egypt, Turkey, Libya, places like that. So, And we all know what happened in Benghazi as a result of some of those things. But yeah, then then you see about a little bit less than a month ago um, one of his sons, who was presumed dead, Saif al-Islam Gaddafi, he was sentenced to death in 2011 uh, for what they called at the time war crimes, randomly appeared, said he's doing fine, he's living in a different country right now, I believe he's staying in Turkey, where his brother, who was freed from prison, also presumed dead over the weekend.
0: What's he doing, working at Foot Locker?
5: Flew to yesterday, said that they want to be able to go back to Libya and win a democratic election there. Oh, good. Yeah. It's also rumored, but it's never been confirmed, that all of Gaddafi's gold, there was a lot of it. Or as one of our favorites like to say, billions and billions of dollars worth, never found during the Arab Spring. So I'm assuming that those lads of his probably have a lot of it. Yeah. Now, you have to look at all the stuff that's going on. 20 years ago, you would have never thought what's going on in Afghanistan would be happening now. Um, I saw something this morning that said the Taliban, and I'm going to show a map first to Noah and then to Mike. Uh, 2021 is all red. 2001 is before we invaded Afghanistan. The Taliban now control more territory than they did on 9-11 20 years ago. Hmm. There's the difference. Oh, well, that's substantial. Yeah. Mike, I don't know if you could see that. It's just you got the one with the green and a little the, bit of a little, little bit. but I think I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. So they pretty much own the northeast corner, or as you would say, like uh, New England all the way up through Maine of Afghanistan, pre-invasion in 2001. Now, 100% of the country.
0: Yeah, that's uh, substantial.
5: You've also had military coups, remove presidents, dissolve governments in New Guinea and Myanmar in this year. Myanmar. Both because of purported election fraud combined with... Big government, the media, manipulating the narrative to perpetuate lies. Basically that same thing that happens in this country. Joe Biden's the most popular president ever. He got 80 million votes. Therefore, he has, you know, unlimited equity to do whatever he wants here. In those countries, they're obviously a lot smaller and there's a bigger military presence on the streets. And they decided that that was not the case due to the fact that it's impossible for stuff like that to happen, when when public uh, vernacular is so terrible for their seated governments. And now you have two people who are supposedly dead, back from the dead, and wanting to come back and make Libya great again? Yeah. Hmm. What do you guys think? I mean, we're definitely watching some chapters in a movie here. So... Military coups and those things going on in Asia are are definitely repressed in the American media. Big time. Oh, yeah. Because there's so many pictures of Hillary Clinton, Susan Rice, Barack Obama, etc. Visiting those countries and meeting with the presidents who have been removed by the militaries. You have the disaster in Afghanistan, which we've covered exclusively and extensively for the last month. And now this. Definitely, definitely shaping up to to be an interesting fall, Mike. What do you think about the return of two of Gaddafi's sons, who were both <laughs> reportedly? I mean, they were presumed dead. They've been one's been gone from the public eye for over a decade.
6: Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I just think it's it's just so incredible how you know you put these stories out there. You talk about the uh, conspiracies with Bin Laden yep. and all of that. What happened? It's like all of these things that are happening, I think information as a whole, did we know that they were alive and we didn't want to say it and now they resurface. I I think that the US government has such a hand in so many of these things, the CIA, all that, that we we don't want to say things sometimes out of the fact and we influence elections all the time and we influence things that go on in other countries. And I just think this might be just another example of a secret that we had getting out and you mentioned the Gaddafi speech and all that. I remember yeah. that, uh, you know, where he spoke for hours and hours. And I think that even the COVID thing. I think for years and years, people have been talking about these things years ago that there'd be a man-made bioweapon and all that. And then, like the most based people have brought it up yeah. and said it. And then
5: he was pretty. You know, based.
6: something happens to them one another. But I think this is just. I think they didn't want him, the kids to be discovered, and now here they are. And I don't know if they're going to run again and make Libya great again or what's going to go on there. But just a crazy story. I did not hear that one. But, uh, you know, it doesn't surprise me because, again, I'm going to send I'm going Cali- to send
5: you both articles. Uh, the the yeah. one the one from the son who was the soccer player. Yeah, I find it
0: hard to believe we didn't know where those people were.
5: Yeah. One of his sons, He he was a general because all of his sons are from when they're pulled from the mother. I mean, oh, look, it's a beautiful baby general. Yeah. So that's just the way it is in those countries. They're princes and they're generals. Little
0: tiny uniforms.
5: He played on the Libyan national soccer team. I believe he went to the Olympics once, and then after they had a bad performance, their coach got Epsteined. Oh. So he was accused of that in addition to other war crimes. When the Arab Spring was happening, this son who was in prison for the last almost seven years apparently murdered hundreds if not thousands prisoners in these prisons that they didn't want people out of to join the Arab Spring that was already going on. And then you have the other one who, who basically ran away fighting for the country during the Arab Spring, um, Saeed, who they, they thought he was dead. They, they literally thought he was dead for the last decade. It's just funny. I, there is a correlation here because a relationship with Donald Trump at some point was established. I, I don't think anyone, even Muammar Gaddafi, could go up to Bedminster and set up the presidential tents on one of the greens, and have live animals, wow. have live animals and people coming and going at you know all the way back in two thousand nine. So there's there's some kind of an established relationship there, um, and it's interesting to see as we move forward with election audit results, and then going into the fall when they're supposed to be having presidential elections in Libya, uh, just how some of this narrative continues to shape itself. I don't think it's not happening for no reason. It's not random, and uh, definitely pretty interesting to see. Antoinette, uh thanks yeah. for joining us. Hey, she's back.
1: Hey guys, can you hear
5: me? Sure, can. What do okay. you think what do you think about the uh Lazarus effect on uh the Gaddafi sons right now? I
1: thought, you know, when I first heard about his plane resurfacing, I was uh-huh. like, oh shit, something's happening.
5: Yeah. Yeah. So his, his gold-trimmed plane making the rounds yeah. again in the region. So betcha you, you thought Definitely that was the last time you saw this one. Mm. But uh, listen, Mike, we're going to wrap with you right now. We've got Kayla Michelle, the Fit Patriot, coming on in just a bit. But before we do, we want to be able to direct all of our traffic who already doesn't follow you. And let me tell you something. I listen to maybe 30, 40 podcasts a week for research purposes only but I only listen to literally a handful of ones that I actually feel like I'm mentally engaging with. And part of the conversation yours, red, white and truth just happens to be one of them. But in addition to the show and hopefully right side broadcasting network, anywhere else, your Instagrams, telegrams, whatever you got, just give us and we'll make sure it's linked in our uh, show description.
6: Yeah, no, I I appreciate that. Yeah. Red white at red white truth on, on Instagram and uh, the show every Thursday night, 11 o'clock Eastern on RSBN. You know, I appreciate the kind words and, Again, it's just unfiltered talk in, with the emotions that people really feel and stories that do not make those mainstream media headlines. So I appreciate coming on the show. It was amazing, guys. Great discussion, and uh, it's got me fired up. And you guys are awesome, and, and keep it up. And uh, you know, I really again appreciate the opportunity to appear uh, for your audience. Great, great group of great group of patriots. We need more like it. Like I said, the media. We are the new media, you know. The mainstream people—they're gone. They're dead. Forget about it. They're useless. So I appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much. No, Thank for you. sure.
5: We, we have a lot of respect for you, your show, what you're doing. Like I said, it's it's awesome to watch. V- extremely engaging. It was it was really a pleasure to have you on, and we hope this won't be the last time you come back. Welcome anytime. We'll, we'll schedule something up in the future. We'll do a couple of segments with you.
6: Yes, and you guys can wear the horse head and come on, <laughs> on come on the air on my camera, all right? You guys.
5: Not a bad idea. Focus. Yeah, we're definitely thinking about. It. I don't. I don't know, <laughs> Antoinette. So. She's pretty, so well. You, she you doesn't have to be an. Oh yeah, that's true. So yeah, you don't yeah. want to have to, you know, make her wear the horse head. But, yeah, yeah, I'm so, right. she, yeah, yeah.
6: So we can talk about ivermectin, and we can, uh, you know, we, we can, can eat, eat some horse paste. On the air, but I,
5: it's her, already
6: done. So. Might be down for that.
0: Every time we talk about that, I just want to just like you know, do my foot on the ground really hard. There
5: you go. All right, Mike. We'll be in touch. Take care.
6: All right. Thank you, guys. Yep. Appreciate it. it. Was a pleasure. Talk
8: soon. Bye bye.
5: And we're gonna bring in now. Kayla Michelle, the Fit Patriot. She's coming back to steak for breakfast, one of our first ever guests. Welcome back.
8: Hello. Hello. How are you? Been eating a lot of steak for breakfast.
5: Oh, <laughs> nice. Don't hate that. What's going on in your world right now?
8: Um opening a new gym.
5: Oh, congratulations. Nice.
8: Having awesome. fun. Yeah. It's good things. It's good things.
5: And that's part of what you do. You are the Fit Patriot. Emphasis I on am. both, I guess, right? Yeah.
8: On both, yes, I am. Yeah, no, my, my online brand is Flex Your Feminine. Okay, but um, yeah, um, opening a gym with a friend here in town and just having a lot of fun with that. Kind of taking my philosophy uh, to a physical location with him here in the valley. Um, but yeah, still on my on my grind with my online training too.
5: Perfect. Awesome. Whatever you got, we're going to link up in our show description at the end. But let's stop the steal together now. Ooh. Okay. Yes. Like we already talked about, we just had Mike Crispy on. Really good first half of the show. We're going to end it even better. But part of the thing when you have a four-day weekend like we did this week with Labor Day.
0: You had a four-day weekend?
5: No. I had a half-day weekend. (laughs) Figuratively speaking, when you have a four-day weekend. Um, Or just a long weekend Mm -hmm. in general. A lot of people go on the news. There's not a lot of reportable news because everybody's, you know, Joe Biden's passing out sandwiches and the Taliban's forming governments. Pork chop sandwiches. And Donald Trump. Trump's talking about the diamonds still haven't been returned. <laughs> um, but, you know, you have people go on these shows that nobody watches. One of my least favorite, Joy Reid. Oh, God. Yeah, she's been just one of not only the worst reporters, she's in the Randy Maddow category of Randy. Yeah, MSNBC pundits. She's also an enormous racist, just in general. I mean, she's just one of the worst of the worst gaslighters when it comes to, uh, you know, race baiting and stuff like that. Steve Bannon, oh. Mm, there we go. And we're going to talk about War Room real quick because she pulled an excerpt from him talking about election integrity and, and getting back to the polls for the midterms, but we're going to take our weekly poll uh, <laughs> is on whether or not Steve Bannon is Q. I'm going to say no. Noah? I thought about it some more. Okay. Still no. Okay. Antoinette? No, no I
1: don't think so.
5: Kayla? No. Okay. <laughs> At least we're all in agreement. <laughs> uh Yeah, <laughs> what joy Reid was in agreement of is that steve bannon is going to destroy elections coming like he did in the past i guess she's talking about 2016 and did kind of a fear porn hit piece on him on her sunday show so let's listen a little bit to what she had to say about that
11: other than former trump advisor steve bannon you know that saying good artists copy but great artists steal the same goes for white nationalist political operatives oh, because wow. yes Bannon is activating his army of Trump-worshipping conspiracy theorists to flood the lowest rung of the party infrastructure, which are the precincts. But let's be clear. The precinct strategy isn't Bannon's brainchild. This is simply, as ProPublica notes, something he plucked out of obscurity. Mm. But wait a minute. This strategy, maybe not so obscure. Republicans have been flooding the election boards, school boards, and local, city, county ranks for a long time. And let's not forget their penchant for purging the courts. It's just out in the open now. Its use of intimidation and thuggery has been truly unleashed. At this point, they are telling us exactly who they are and what they want. The question is, what are we going to do
12: about it? Party positions are actually part of the election supervision architecture at the ground level in the U.S. So there'll be these sort of, you know, the county will have like a three and three. The Democrats and the Republicans have, you know, six people that oversee you know these sort of these 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 bipartisan boards, and so it's the party officials sitting there. You know, usually it's it's an equal amount for both parties. So when you're talking about party positions, it's not just that they're party positions; they're the they're the people that end up playing these these sort of official roles of election supervision.
5: So after the debacle we just had in 2020, the big concerns now, and we did segue to Christopher Hayes. It was kind of a montage. Okay, Joy reads was. Trump's Big Lie Continues, that was the segment on her show that was at the bottom of the screen on the ticker, and when it segued to Chris Hayes, also of MSNBC, it said, the Trump mob. And, yeah, their big concern now, aside from white nationalism, which they blanketed that entire segment with, is that these white nationalists, activated by Steve Bannon, not Q, are now (laughs) infiltrating school boards, city councils, and even election polling places to... Work in places that they haven't been afforded to the last decade due to the fact that all the shit that's gone on with these, what I would call them, corrupt elections and a lot of money changing hands and George Soros involvements, all which have been proven true. Nope, you're going to get kicked off Spotify. Well, sorry about that, but here's the thing. Now you have kids in some states being offered puberty blockers and <laughs> given explicitly sexual oriented content at an extremely young age, as young as elementary school. In addition to critical race theory being taught, one of General Milley's favorites, our wokest general. So woke. To people, again, as ages, as young, as elementary school. And now you see parents. You see people who are involved um, in the community now standing up in these city council meetings, school board meetings, county elections, city elections, sometimes even state elections. And now getting involved in, in making sure that there's oversight into polling places in places all over the country. I think San Diego has been a huge flashpoint for it. The last month we've had so many of uh, those city council meetings here in San Diego broadcast internationally about some of the parents and how they've just kind of clapped back at some of the things that they're trying to do here in San Diego. So, But it's a nationwide event right now, so much so is that it, it drew the attention of two shows on MSNBC this weekend to do long segments on them. So, Caleb, what do you think about that kind of narrative there that the only thing that's coming back to the forefront in regards to city councils, school boards, and now election polling places is white nationalism.
8: I think it just confirms that there's panic and on running through all of these people's veins right now. Yeah. Yeah. This is I mean, the, the, the local level is exactly how our founding fathers designed this government to work. So yes, the people should be involved. And if you don't like it, then it makes perfect sense why you would be panicked.
0: Well, and it's just it the left. It doesn't fit.
8: It doesn't fit the left's narrative yeah. at all. They don't want us involved. They want us blind. They want us busy working, slaving away, paying taxes that we shouldn't be paying, yeah. um, in order and 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 getting fat and happy, being entertained by a stupid freaking professional sports. So that's all falling apart and they have that. nothing left to, they have nothing left to rely on other than this division narrative and this, this false fear narrative of everyone doing that is somehow the racist bigots. Um, and it's all, it's all projection. Like everything that they blame us for is what they do. Of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What,
5: they've, what yeah. they're doing and what they've done for a long time.
8: Yeah. But yeah. they've done for a long time. And they're just not getting away with it anymore. Parents are angry. They should be. You've woken up. You've woken up the divine feminine. Mama bears pissed the fuck off.
3: Mm, Yeah. Here
8: we go.
5: Yeah, I'll give you a perfect example about parents being angry. My wife and myself are are not very pleased right now. So. For sure. Well, they sent our daughter home with an email over the weekend that someone that she was in close proximity with may or may not have had COVID because they can't tell you if they did or not. You know, they give you such the Mm -hmm. vaguest things. Yeah. Took her for a test this weekend, came back negative, sent her to school today, and said, well, they sent out three emails today. Two that said that there were no contact, and Uh one that said there might have been contact again, and that the entire class or classrooms, I I didn't read it, I I just, it was paraphrased to me by my wife, um, are now quarantining for until the 13th of September. Wow. At at which case, she she would have to retest to be able to go back to school on that date. Yeah, even though she's already provided, like, within 72 hours of the initial email coming out, a negative test, she has to retest right. again. before. The, and it's just absolutely ridiculous. Now she's going to lose. Well,
0: they're factoring in the incubation period and stuff, I guess. I'll what? play devil's advocate on there, that. Yeah, if there even is one. But yeah. the fact
5: of the matter is, is that she's now losing essentially a week of school. That's trash. And... Yeah, these teachers
0: really just don't want to work.
5: They just don't, and that's that's the no, thing. No, they don't. The sad part is, no, is that no. we go to a charter school and they have a union, but it's it's small and localized. But at the same time, this is like it just formed like a year and a half ago, so they're kind of like watching what Wine Garden does at the national level and then being like, "Yeah, we could do it too." So yeah. it's just one of those things where you know she's been an absolute disaster for all these school districts, but parents are catching them. I mean, there was that one we talked about on the show a couple months ago where the guy who was like the uh, school board director who was working with the National Teachers Union, L.A. Unified, was shutting everything down. And when they came back, it was tests and masks and all this other crap. And then they followed him outside, and he was dropping his kids off at a private school where they had no social distancing, no mask. He had no mask on, and they fucking harassed him until they pulled back some of these things that, you know, he was trying to implement there. And He was a real winner. Yeah, and unlike the- uh, Rules for the, not for me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, he was- Money
1: grab too. White. Like, you, you think
8: yeah.
5: they're not
1: making money on all these tests and all this bullshit, please. And then they don't have to 100%. work hard.
5: Yeah, exactly. And I mean, these are the people, the, the head of the school board was walking, um, jean shorts, insane clown posse, oversized t-shirts, oh. bleached dreads on a white dude <laughs> Wait, all the, the way down. This was the head of the school board. Are you shitting me? No. And like Birkenstock it, sandals. It, you're not, You're not. Are you
0: joking about the insane clown posse shirt? No, I'm not. Wow. It might have been Slipknot.
5: Even better. Yeah, even worse. But but oh. the, the fact of the matter is is that this is the stuff that's going on, and these are the people that have been put into places like that, either because no one challenges them like the people in Oregon are learning now with their governor who's doing whatever the fuck she wants. How oh, about
0: that teacher with the freaking hammer and sickle freaking tattoo in his chest and all that nonsense? Well, he
5: got fired, and so did the one Good. who made the kids salute the – gay pride flag because she Failed. decided to take the American yeah. one down and, yeah. and
0: then lost it on purpose.
5: Right. Well, the fact of the matter is that I, I posted, I tweeted about that. I said two down thousands to go because that's the work ahead of us right now is to identify who these people are and, t- and to get them out of there because yeah. they should be nowhere around children in general, more or less teaching your kids.
1: Did the female one get fired?
5: She did. She got put on, oh. she got put on paid administrative leave and they've moved to put her in the administrative process to get terminated. So. I mean, Good. yeah, it, it's, it's both. what they did to the
1: school, all the kids and the um, parents. They put flags all over the entire school on the outside. Yep.
5: That's so,
1: awesome.
5: Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty interesting to say. Uh, moving on to Arizona, also on War Room with Steve Van and Q over the weekend. Carrie Lake, uh, you should probably remember her from the Trump uh, turning point event that happened in Arizona uh, last month. She spoke after the person who uh, she's running against who was booed off the stage. Um, And she gave a powerful speech. She's kind of an America first Trump agenda candidate who's running for governor in Arizona right now. And uh, she was on there to talk about a little bit of an update we got going on in Maricopa County, which we all freaking can't wait for anymore. I think, I hope Wendy Mm -hmm. Rogers doesn't block me because I just keep, (laughs) retweeting and quoting her tweets asking where the diamonds are and you know (laughs) i I just wanted to i think
13: this hopefully this will
5: be the week let's hear what (laughs) kerry lake had to say
13: this and the vaccine mandates issue number one and people want this audit to be in their county as well even counties where uh, you know the republicans won they want this is not necessarily a republican and a democrat issue this is a get our elections under control and make sure they're they're honest issue. And people in every county of Arizona want to make sure their elections are being run honestly and that they know that their vote counts. So everyone in Arizona I talk to wants to expand this. But if it's determined, and I fear that it may be determined, that we were not told the truth hmm. about who won the election, I believe we're going to find out that Joe Biden didn't win the election. That's what, what hey. I, I'm feeling is going to happen. I think we need to decertify the election results in Arizona right away. And, you know, in other states, I won't be the governor of other states. The people of those states have to decide what they want to do. But I don't think there was just fraud in Arizona. I think we could see that it spread through uh, many other states, possibly all of them.
14: But you're comfortable, if you see, if this report shows the evidence and points in certain directions, you're comfortable supporting a decertification of the electors. That would be a pretty extraordinary move. You're prepared to support that?
13: Absolutely. Absolutely. If we find out that this, uh, if these investigators with the forensic audit here in Arizona, if their report shows that Joe Biden did not win this election, we must decertify this election. Are you kidding me? We're not. This isn't a piece of candy that was stolen from the counter of a drugstore. It's the diamond. This is an election, <laughs> and if we find out fraud was involved, and there were misdeeds involved, we can't just let that happen. We can't. It's too important.
5: So, I mean, there's that. Uh, she, she's running for governor. Probably a little bit more of a smooth ride going on right now if she was there already. But she she is extremely popular, and and you know some of the polls going into. Uh, election season right now, have her with a very favorable advantage over, over, yeah, over the current one, Doug Ducey. And then I can't remember it's Katie Hobbs is the one that she'd be running against. Who's an absolute mess. And like I said, she was, she was booed amazingly off the stage. I don't even know why she went to that event. Um, She was speaking before president Trump and she had gone and helped Nick several fix the voter laws in Arizona bills Um, siding with several Democrats. So in a place like Maricopa, it just makes no sense why she would even put herself out there. Kayla, what's your feeling on the 2020 presidential election? We like to get everybody on the record. Would you call it crime of the century, rigged and stolen?
8: Crime of the century, at least.
5: Mm. Joe Biden got 80 million votes, yes or no? 80 million
8: votes.
5: No. He's not the most popular president in the history of the universe? (laughs) 81 votes, maybe. I got the vote i
1: really wonder that. what it, like what his like legit total was like of who people voted for him i think we, it would blow everybody's mind even ours. less than obama yeah
8: i think it i think it's way be, way beyond lower than what anyone yeah. wants to admit but at the same time i also think that probably half of the people that did vote for him now are fully regretting it and wish that they could have a deal over
1: yeah, you know? sure. like
8: I've heard so many people that I know personally have voted for Biden and okay. their acquaintances or even friends of mine who have completely flipped
1: now. And it, it hasn't even been six months.
0: It's a beautiful thing.
1: Yeah, it's great. And I think, you know, it always, like when you look at everything in hindsight, you're like, it had to happen this way for these people it, to say yeah. from themselves, you know. It had to, yeah. I was blinded by the hatred because of the mainstream media, you know, it's at least, you know, they're seeing... The truth.
5: Yeah. Wendy Rogers weighed in. It was kind of interesting yesterday on Twitter late in the afternoon. The optics were given that her and uh, Karen Fan were were kind of, or Kelly Ward were arguing or this, that, and the other thing. There were some tweets that didn't make a lot of sense that they were both putting out. But after a a mild spat on Twitter, they put a picture of themselves hugging each other saying that, you know, they're in it to win it and they're in it together. Isn't that sweet? Yeah. (laughs) but i mean you know oh, it's just it's yeah it's one of those things where and i tweeted it when rogers i was like listen twitter's not the place for this bullshit argument right now and it's definitely <laughs> not the place in time to do it so if you guys are arguing with each other text each other don't don't fucking be tweeting at each other because it just gives the bad yeah. optics of of something that you guys have done so well up to this point that, that just don't go and ruin it with some theatrics she
1: though. like they didn't I mean I always wonder if there's like some other motive behind why they did it publicly or like you know do things like that I don't know it's just a conspiracy theorist
5: <laughs> yeah, the statement her office did put out yesterday said the audit is coming guys, I promise you. I get a lot of comments asking, and people think I can speed it up, but I just can't It's a process, and it's coming also other information is coming out I can't disclose just know that I'm going to that it is all going to happen and that this is real. Keep the faith and make sure your state is doing an audit because when the audits come out, the next steps to get this done are the other states doing it. Start pushing now. Um, we've come to kind of come to the conclusion on this show that you know Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Georgia are so close to starting their audits. You literally have either one vote in the state Senate, that's in Wisconsin, a newly formed committee in Pennsylvania and a judge who's got his toes on the line, but hasn't started the race yet. All pretty much waiting for this Maricopa to go down. Like if this comes yeah. down, there's concrete evidence. It's hundreds of thousands of votes. Seth Kesho alluded to it last week in audio that we played. It's worse than the optics that we've already been given. Yep. So yeah. the original optics were 250,000 votes. So you're telling me it's worse than that? Oops. Yeah, th- those, those audits will begin immediately following the disposition we get in Maricopa County, but at the same time, other states are going to be the ones that help make the overall. It's going to take three out of all these states to do it, whether it's Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, right. Georgia, whether it's Arizona, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, or, or any kind of equation. Three states decertify under 270. Then we get into constitutional crisis, and it'll be uncharted waters, so anybody who makes a hypothesis about it moving forward would be doing it only in a science nature because we've never been there with a federal election, especially one for president of the United States.
3: Right.
5: So. Yeah, it's going to get weird. Speaking of Mike Lindell, weird. he was also on War Room this weekend. People have been asking online where he's been since the cyber symposium. Uh, he put out a statement saying where he was. He, I don't know if you <laughs> saw, guys. Did you guys see that huge tank boat he bought? A tank no, boat? Well, he he goes on a he goes on a hunting trip every year, and he says he's gone since he was a teenager, and he didn't want to miss it, so he bought one of those. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, ladies, I don't know if you could see that. It's 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 huge. It's it's like a
0: tracked uh, semi amphibious vehicle. <laughs> yeah, it's got a boat motor on the back. Oh, wow.
5: Yeah, and it, it's basically oh. what he goes on hunting trips with his family, and didn't want to miss it, so he took a week off to kind of do that. He says he was still engaged on the phone, you know, working hard at night. But also debunked something that some of the news outlets were putting out last week in regards to his plane. Apparently, he didn't sell his plane. He's been using his plane to shuffle people who's working on the audits behind the scenes, running some of the data analysis pre audit starting in other states, all over the country. In addition, he flew a large majority of the people who spoke at the Cyber Symposium to South Dakota on his plane free of charge.
0: I thought he took them on that little boat thing.
5: Well... (laughs) That would be awesome too. He's taking
0: him for rides around the Cyber Symposium Convention Center on it.
5: Right. But he did go on War Room and talk about some of the stuff that, uh, you know, was going on there. So I I definitely want to be able to play uh, that audio of Mike right now.
14: Pennsylvania that are not in love with the Jake Corman uh, um, hearings next week and want just to go right uh, uh, right to subpoenas for the ballots. To, because to do a full forensic audit, you've got to get your hands on the ballots. We know that from Arizona. So we're going to have – and don't think – look, we're, we're putting pressure on these guys, and we understand exactly what's going on, so don't think we're being naive about this. Um, but when you talk at these red state secretaries of state, how many new red states or how many red states or how many states that are not Arizona, Georgia, Wisconsin, you know the battleground states that were all over to try to get these full forensic audits, how many additional states, as you see it right now – do you believe we're going to come up and start doing full forensic audits?
2: Well, I know three are for sure, and I'm, those are the ones I'm not going to name. Um, um, I will say that I talked to a fourth with uh, about fourteen, uh, the Secretary of State and fourteen of their legislators and county clerks. It was a that was in Missouri, so that would be the fourth state. Um, but what's happening is all these states that didn't think they were affected we're showing them. We're showing them the actual extrapolated data from all the. From that, those uh, terabytes that I've had, that I've um, that I've been telling everyone for four or five months. Now, actually, Steve, too, we're putting up. I set you. I don't know if you have those graphics, but I set. We're putting them up on Frank's Beach. Everybody's state all 167,000 intrusions, and we're putting them up there so you'll actually see the computers that were involved. You'll see the IP addresses and everything. They've oh, all been oh, validated. We,
15: we've we've got
14: it. We can put it up there. Can you walk our audience through? So let me shift this. you got full forensic audits. That was, and people have to understand, in Sioux Falls, two things were going on. You had legislators led by kind of Colonel Wendy Rogers and Sonny Borelli, the Arizona guys. But you had, you know, the 50 states were essentially represented. But you had legislatures from many of them. And that, what people the main...
5: So, I mean, he was kind of getting into the fact, the nitty-gritty of it. But the fact of the matter is, some of the things that Mike Lindell has been doing behind the scenes is... Going around talking with other secretaries of states, he included Missouri. We already know Oklahoma is going to be performing a full forensic audit. It's a state that Donald Trump at a, won at a 7-3, almost 8-2 to two clip. 77% of the total vote of the state went to Donald Trump. However, they're going to be doing a forensic audit. Also, portions of Texas now that they've finally been able to get. I think a lot of people don't understand that they had that Democrat state Senate Portion, walk out, go to D.C., do all that grandstanding, and they said it was about voter integrity and things to do with abortion bills and stuff like that. I'm going to go out on a limb and say a majority of it wasn't. Not only were those bills going to get passed in the Texas Senate, but the fact of the matter is they had announced that they wanted to start to do a full forensic audit. There is so much fraud that has gone on in the Houston area of that state. Oh, yeah. For decades. Mm -hmm. Um, It's Ellis. It's, uh, I can't remember that. Other lady's name, Sheila Jackson. Those two people have been running a criminal racket there forever. And we are working on some behind-the-scenes stuff right now, exposing them. And when it's ready, we're going to do a full presentation on all of the fraud that's going on in regards to voting stuff down in Houston. Uh, That's one of the side projects I'm working on right now. Nice. Yeah, but those two definitely have targets on their back as far as being exposed, and they're not happy about it. So, you know, and every mm-hmm. time I, I have some stuff that comes out in regards to their area, whether it be with judges they've appointed who recently became U.S. citizens, oh. kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. Convenient. And uh, things with funny money, they they always I always seem to get some new trolls following us on social media who exclusively follow those accounts and start leaving nasty comments in our comment section. Weird. Yeah, so weird. So, so
8: interesting.
5: Yeah. Caleb, Mike Lindell, huge patriot, humble pillow farmer. He's given up a lot. Hasn't sold his plane yeah. yet. But at the end of the day, what are your feelings on this guy? He kind of came out of nowhere. I personally think he's probably going to have a, a cabinet position when Donald Trump comes back. Um, I don't know why he wouldn't. I mean, Linda McMahon had it, and she was a wrestling promoter for decades. So I don't, I don't know why someone who was a, a pillow farmer wouldn't in the next administration. But what do you think about Mike Lindell?
8: I think he's a patriot. I think that time will continue to uh, reveal to us the truth. And he's definitely part of the tip of the spear with that. So he's whatever his role is right now, you know, that for any of us, there's people that for certain reasons play a part in certain seasons of our life. It's not necessarily that they're going to be there forever and always. So I don't know that he's going to necessarily be there forever and always in our country's future or with Trump necessarily. Right. But I think right now he's playing his part, his role, he's executing it very, very well. And um, that this is the role he was meant to play. Thank God. So.
5: Yeah, that's, that, that's an extremely good point And I agree with you overwhelmingly on it. I mean, I definitely think he's, like I said, come out of nowhere
0: it's crazy how he got into it It i mean just like hey i'm gonna do the right thing i'm gonna i'm gonna make my pillow factory a mask farm yeah and all of a sudden he's meeting the president and then just everything exploded from there
5: so weird him and clay Mm -hmm. clark and a whole bunch of other those other players were all there at that event kind of like an america first strike back at COVID event at the white house and they all kind of Pretty interesting to see how, you know, when they actually meet with the president, they all kind of branched back off into their own worlds for a minute, and then Clay Clark's doing the Revive America tour all over, you know, the country right now with all of those great patriots, everyone from Sidney Powell and Linwood to, like, Ian Smith and a whole bunch of pastors, obviously, including Mike Lindell and General Flynn. Yep. Mike Lindell went on to, you know, I mean, we've been told off the cuff that Mike Lindell and General Flynn basically bankrolled former special operators to go certain places to retrieve servers and stuff like that. And, you know, you you kind of got to take it at face value only, but Mm -hmm. these are things that were rumored on the internet before we were told to our faces. Um, so pretty interesting to see there. I know they did mention Pennsylvania. They are starting their committee hearings this week. Doug Mastriano replaced with Senator Cohen, who's basically like the president of the Senate in Pennsylvania right now. Um, They are going to be tasked with investigating the instances of election malfeasance and ask residents who have come forward and originally signed affidavits back in 2020 to come and testify uh, on their claims this week as the hearings go in the direction of starting the audit. Um, Intergovernmental Operations Committee Chairman Chris Dush, Republican out of Wellsboro, Pennsylvania, said residents should only submit their stories if they are willing to sign another affidavit, potentially testify under oath, under penalty of perjury and before the panel during this forthcoming hearings, which start this Thursday. So, you know, Pennsylvania continues to uh, roll full steam ahead. Um, Caleb, before we cut with you, uh, there is one thing that I wanted to ask you about, and I want to get your opinion on it. You can take as long as you want to answer. There's a lot of things going on right now in the community, both, you know, with just us in the podcast community, but globally. We've talked about so much stuff on this show our first segment was on Afghanistan. Our second segment was on, you know, two of Muammar Gaddafi's sons who were both presumed dead have both come back to life in the last 30 days and are now looking to retake uh, That is so weird. the throne in Libya and in turn start to make Africa great again. They want to kick China out, um, mm-hmm. just like his dad right. was always against that huge global narrative. But um, on a different level, there's a huge spiritual war going on here. We, we mentioned people like Mike Lindell. Uh, we saw so many pastors when we went to the uh, Reawaken America tour with Clay Clark and, and talked to so many people who were involved, and it didn't it didn't make any difference if it was like Ian Smith, if it was Bobby Kennedy Jr., somebody like Mike Lindell, all the way down to General Flynn. Four different people in four different parts of this world that do so much different things. You wouldn't think they interact with each other. They all talk about the spiritual aspect of this war mm-hmm. and how it's something that you can't see, but it's ever present right now. What are your feet? I know you're an extremely um, faith centered person and you know, it, it's, it's a huge component of your life. What do you think uh, you know, how do you deal with the aspects of the spiritual warfare that goes on right now that we're facing?
8: Pray without ceasing.
5: You know, I, I, I was kind of hoping you gave some answer like that. I mean, it just seems like the simplest one. Yeah. Um,
8: yeah, it's something that's really, um, I mean, I, I grew up in and out of church, right? Like I grew up being raised with scripture right. and putting on the full armor of God, taught in preschool, you know what I mean? Sunday school. Um, but it's funny because I was having a conversation with my dad about this last week where it was nice. like until 2020 hit. I had my little conspiracy theories that I believed over the years, um, logically, right? The rational side of my brain. But the spiritual body didn't really get activated fully, started to get activated in 2018. I felt it, but I didn't really understand what was coming. And then in 2020, it all started to click. Mm -hmm. And the aspect of the spiritual warfare that we are living in And our role in fighting it is so much more than I was ever taught in church. And it's this is what I was talking to my dad about, is that it's such a disservice to the church that it has become so castrated in our Western civilization and society. Um, Just like masculinity has been castrated thanks to the feminist marxist movement you know it's mm-hmm. this it's this whole it's this whole leaning tower of pisa um so it is it absolutely is and when i say pray i don't i don't mean the quintessential someone's going through something and you just slap a i'll pray for you right. on it yeah. that's not what i'm talking about i'm it's you have to know how to pray it's not just something you do willy nilly. It's, it's a, it's like when you go into battle, if you don't know how to wield that sword and you don't know when to take it out of its sheath, right. you know?
5: Oh, you're 100% correct. And that's some excellent analogies you, you made in there. Um, more recently for us, and it's pretty funny, we keep circling back to the reawaken America tour. When mm-hmm. we sat down with Dr. Stella Emanuel, That weekend, episode 49, if you want to go back and listen to it after our interview.
8: I I remember that one. Yeah.
5: Yeah. She she gave a prayer over us. I I have never felt more uncomfortable in my entire life. And I've been in some pretty compromising situations. Um, Just the things that she said, the way that she said it and the power that was coming off of her. I literally felt like Mm -hmm. I was going to vibrate out of my chair. I mean, she (laughs) she came across the table. She moved the arms. That were holding the mics. She laid. She put her full stomach on the table. She put her arms on us and prayed with us. And you, yeah, yeah, it was me. just. I felt super hot. I felt really vibrationy. Um, it's a feeling that it I. I yeah, it was. It was really good. <laughs> I mean, we we had later on. We had Anna Kate. She came through. She said a really strong, powerful prayer with us. But then I've mentioned it on the show before. She got up. She said goodbye to us. She took like one step away. She turned around. She like looked me straight in the eyes, and she's like, "You know, let it I, go. I, yeah." She's like, "Let it go." And I was like, "Excuse me." And she's like, "I felt when I was praying over you guys right now, like you're holding on to." She's like, "I don't know what it is." She's like, "You're just holding on to stuff." She's like, "You just need to let it go." I was like, "Okay, well." She's like, "Nope, get up and give me a hug." And I went to like give her like a a side
0: professional hug
5: yeah because she's you know she's wearing a pantsuit and she's a famous person and she like literally put her arms like around my neck and like pulled me in she's like yeah there it is it's like a real ass hug I'm just like yeah I'm just like okay Um, but I mean that is this stuff is is you know these people are all getting activated they're in the forefront they're they're working on you know our behalf and more importantly God's behalf right now and and I just think that uh you know it's something that we all need to keep in in the center of our minds like earth the devil's playground Everything that's weird that you can make up, you know, everything from, like, living in a different dimension to all this crazy stuff that you can see with your own eyes going on here. It's it's, it's a lot of the work of the devil. It's a lot of manipulation, and it's a lot of getting you to buy into things that he makes sounds good, so you will get distracted from, number one, the real fight. Number two, probably more importantly than the real fight, God. Um, you You know, and number three, the things that are supposed to be important in your life, which are God and the real fight. So, yeah, I think that's awesome that you just kind of, uh, you know, gave us a little insight on that, how you feel about it and how you deal with it. Um, Before we cut with you, why don't you, uh, we want to direct our traffic to find you, uh, your social media accounts, if you want to put any of your business stuff in there. And whatever you tell us, we will link in the show description, uh, live link, and people will just be able to click on it and and come your way.
8: You guys are the best. Well, social media is such a Shadow banned into oblivion, but whatever. And like my original account, which I'm not gonna, they have to, I'm not uh, manifesting this, but they have to delete that account. I'm not gonna just get rid of it. It's still there. I'm still somewhat active on it, but I've got a backup and then a separate business account now. But um, yeah, OG is the Fit Patriot, I'm an version of Patriot. And then the Fit Patriot 2 is the backup. And then all my fitness stuff and Flex Your Feminine is at Flex Your Feminine on Instagram. And you'll find everything else from there. My website and stuff is, is linked on all of those platforms. But Instagram is where I spend most of my time. So whether you're interested in my thoughts on politics, spiritual warfare, or physical fitness,
10: that's
5: how you can find me. You are the complete package and we'll keep telling everybody that you are. Um, it was good because last time we had you on, it was kind of more of a... You know, interview, we got to learn about you, your backstory, and, and things like that, but today we really got to hear your voice in regards to some of these happenings that are going on, which are extremely important, and I, I value and uh, really do love and cherish your opinion, so definitely going to come back again. Well,
8: I love you guys, too. I yeah. love you guys, too, and I'd love to be back. Yeah, let's just hang out and talk about it. The more that I really truly believe that, um, like what you mentioned with Satan, the earth being his playground, it's like he perverts everything of God. Everything. He's not a creator. No. Or God is the creator. He ha- There's nothing new under the sun that He can just create. So He well, perverts, he and it, 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 his favorite thing, his favorite thing, is to make truth sound like a lie, and yep. to make lies sound like the truth.
5: Yeah, watching those um, perversions that, play out is, is yeah. what brings him the most joy.
8: Yeah, it, it brings him the most joy. So um perversion and inversion is, is his game and there's nothing new under the sun as far as that goes he he finds what works and it's just like a rinse and repeat cycle so once you learn those things it's really important to talk about it because we have power in the word through our lord um to cast out those demons Yeah. so we need to talk about it
5: 100 100 noah yeah i love you guys
8: I wish I could hang out longer. I'm sorry I only blocked off an hour today. But no, it's all good.
5: And speaking heaven, of which, <clears throat> next time you're in San Diego, you'll be coming down and hanging out with us here. Be sure Actually, to
8: that it. should be soon. I'll hit you up. That nice. should be soon. If
5: it's on a Tuesday or Friday, we'll be in the studio, and you'll be sitting right next to us, so it'll be amazing. It okay. could be any day. Yeah.
8: yeah, that would be fun. It's all right. Sounds awesome. good, Kayla. You take care. Bye. Bye. No,
5: Bye. Round and third now. Ooh. Bringing it home. COVID roundup. So I don't know if you guys have heard about this. COVID? Close. <laughs> <laughs> the Republican disease. What? Is what the virus is now being called. Oh. Yeah. Didn't, Wait. Didn't think we'd have Christopher. That's our D- fault? Apparently.
0: Oh. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's Here we a, go. That's a bummer. Yeah. In addition that's to bummer his, man.
5: to his Steve bannon not Q hit piece over the weekend, demonizing conservatives who were getting into city councils, school boards and election polling places and things like that. Chris Hayes continued yesterday talking about how COVID has now become, even though it's a virus, the Republican disease. Let's hear what he had to say.
12: Delta wave of COVID that it's falling most heavily on Republican areas and Republican voters. I mean, look at this map of the outbreak. You can see how much worse it is in states across the South, the states where Donald Trump won handling. Now we have concrete data that puts a fine point on how much this has become a pandemic of Republican areas. Hmm. Christopher Ingram is a former data reporter for The Washington Post. He currently writes a newsletter about the data shaping and informing our lives. Yesterday, he published this piece titled GOP COVID policy is killing GOP voters. Wow. Now, first, let me say for different reasons, including how they report data, the chart does not include Nebraska, Florida, Alaska, or any counties with fewer than 10,000 people, because that data can get very noisy. But it does account for about 87% of the total US population. Ingram found that since July 1st, about when this last wave began, in counties where Trump got less than 20% of the 2020 presidential vote, on average, there have been fewer than five COVID deaths for every 100,000 people. That's that blue line there. In counties where Trump won more of the vote, but still lost, Uh, that number only ticks up a little. So those are sort of deep blue and fairly blue areas. As you get to counties where Trump won a higher percentage of votes, the death toll also just gets higher and higher. Finally, uh, in counties where nearly everyone voted for Trump, there were nearly 15 COVID deaths for every 100,000 people. That is more than three times as many people dying from COVID as in those most pro-Biden counties. That chart brought me up short. It gives some real empirical weight to the evidence we've seen for months and months and months that the, the Delta wave is, is wreaking havoc disproportionately in red America. And again, this is largely, not entirely, but largely preventable it is happening because the agenda of the Trump MAGA Republican Party has been by and large to ignore the risks of covid Refused to protect herself, others from it, and when people die, it was freedom or something, you know? Now, there's been really notable exceptions. We praised them on this show, the governor of Vermont, and the governor of Ohio, and Republican officials up and down the chain. But that general thrust of attitude has been the defining one in the heart of the Republican base. It's one of the last four things. Repu-
5: I think he had the awkward pause there because he couldn't believe what he was reading off the teleprompter. I am going <laughs> to go back to that tweet after the show today are we At, calling bullshit on this i am going to add him <laughs> on this hit piece right there because i do think that in those overwhelming majority blue states that he said the COVID deaths were so much you know three percent compared to 15 percent in republican strongholds is what they were calling them are they accounting for all of the nursing home deaths in new york california michigan pennsylvania new york new jersey and connecticut probably not Yeah. Because you got to talk about the overall COVID deaths in the country. I think the nursing home deaths are close to like a fourth of it total. Yeah. So, yeah, probably not. I mean, technically, he might be onto something. I don't want to necessarily 100% debunk it because those people who died in the nursing homes would technically have to be dead first before they voted for Joe Biden in 2020.
0: (laughs) Well, and I mean, there are a lot of... Grossly obese uh-huh. people with comorbidities on both sides. Yeah. So, by that rationale, these people that are maybe taking more risk, maybe shouldn't, some of them.
5: Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: But it sounds like this is a full hit piece, like misconstrued data. And I agree. Yeah.
5: Bending of the narrative as MSNBC, which has already been proven in a federal court. Seems to be more of an opinion. Well,
0: it all leads towards
5: than facts.
0: It all leads towards them doing the. It's a pandemic of the unvaccinated and blaming yeah. now blaming it, everybody. Now and it's it, a
5: disease of the Trump voters. Vaccine
0: passports and yeah. Now they're now, they, now they're what gonna what make the vaccine passports to on uh, yeah. They're gonna have the vaccine passports based on who you voted for. Lovely, but hey, they might fuck themselves on that one because then they'll have to verify the votes.
5: So I, I've been waiting for a good segue into this dr malone who is the father of the mrna technology appeared on steve bannon not q's war room last week and did a nice piece with dr peter navarro talking about i mean basically it's like oh my god what have we done you know by weaponizing this thing that he did not necessarily intend to be in vaccines to combat covid so Let's hear a little bit of piece on that. I think it might be one of the first times Noah's maybe hearing him in extent. I know, Antoinette, you listen to a lot of his stuff, so do I, too. Um, no, but, I've seen the War Room interviews. Yeah, he, he's actually, you know, he, he's a brilliant man, very stoic, um, but but definitely raising some concerns in regards to uh, the technology that he invented. How being- are
0: people, how are people uh, smearing him now that he's going against the narrative, though? Or is, have you seen any of that?
5: I would say it's about a a breath away from the person who invented the PCR test. We all know how well that went for him. Yeah, he got. He got. Ridiculous, really. He got erased at the beginning of COVID after he went out and said, you know, he talked a lot of shit directly about Anthony Fauci. Yeah. The FDA, the CDC, the NIH, and uh, gave specific examples of times. He talked about, you know, the swine flu and, and the first SARS pandemic and stuff like that. and you know, it didn't work out too well for him. So let's see what uh, is going on with Dr. Malone on Steve Bannon, not Q's war room over the weekend.
9: I'm locked into some fundamental policy positions that just don't make a whole lot of sense. Hmm. And one of the core problems is that you really can't vaccinate your way out of an ongoing pandemic. You shouldn't really be doing that. Fact. You need to focus your strategy on, on protecting the people that are most vulnerable providing alternative options for those that do get sick and uh, and preparing for a a protracted period where we're going to have virus circulation. Now that it's fully in the population, we can't avoid that.
15: All right. Here's the thing I want to focus on, because you just said something that that's the critical point here. You said that you can't vaccinate your way out of this pandemic. Break that down for me. Why is that? So
9: it comes down to fundamentals of evolution and, and selection of viruses. What, now that it's fully in the population, if you start vaccinating as we are and advocating that we have universal vaccination, what that's going to do is drive vaccine resistant mutants. That's inevitable. That's just fundamental virology 1A. And as you do that... Let
15: me ask you this question, though, because the the, the spin is just the opposite out there. It's It's saying that it's the unvaccinated people who are generating the mut- mutants. Can, can you work through the biology of it, why that, that's that's exactly wrong?
9: Those are one of the fundamental lies, and I think it has to do with the scare tactics going on right now because they're really all in thinking that they have to have universal vaccines. But it makes no sense to anybody that's had even basic genetics. What the the virus will replicate in the unvaccinated, as it would in any human population, but it won't evolve to escape the vaccines. It will evolve to escape the vaccines only in those that have been vaccinated, particularly when we have a leaky vaccine, which is what we have. All of these are leaky vaccines. They don't fully protect people from being infected and having the virus replicate, and they don't protect other people from being infected by those that have received the vaccine and been protected. What that means is that viruses that are able to survive in people that have been vaccinated are going to be more resistant to vaccines, and what we end up with is an arms race between us and the virus. If we do this,
15: does that make sense? It it does. And so so, again, the, the important point here is that if you universally vaccinate into the teeth of the pandemic, what you're saying is that the virus will continually be able to outfox us, essentially Absolutely. through mutations.
9: Absolutely, no question is, in your mind. This is this is. Basic viral biology in evolution.
5: You know, Real America's Voice is trying. A little bit of a noise gate issue there. It's, it's something that has to do with, I guess, their soundboard. Yeah, um, I, think
0: they're, uh, I think they have fans going in the background or something.
5: You know, it's pretty interesting. I did see a pan out of the actual War Room studio the other day. I, I forget why they showed it, but, I mean, it makes this place kind of look like the Ritz. Really? Yeah, and they actually have a wall unit, um, old school, like East Coast, with crown really? molding around it, yeah, AC Ooh. unit in there. That's probably what that noise is. So, and we all know it's Steve Bannon's known, well, not Q, for wearing three to four shirts and a jacket at a time, even when it's a thousand degrees out, and he wears that on the
0: show. To three just, to four?
5: Yeah, he 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 wears like a t-shirt, and then he for some reason he's always been a double collared shirt, like Oxford shirt person. Oh, I don't like that. No, neither do I. And then he not always, pop collars though, right? Some, some pop ca- collars? Does he pop collar? No, he pops collar around his jacket. Because okay. when, when he does it, right. when he does right. promotional pictures of uh, the war room, he's he's kind of always like the profile with the thing up, and you know. It's do just,
1: they know why he wears so many shirts? No, I know.
5: Shoes. I mean, I guess that's why do rich people go to restaurants and order three hundred dollar plates and then have two sips of wine and leave it on the table. I mean, it's, <laughs> that's it's true. It's just what people like that do. You know, they 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 just. I know. Do extra I know fun.
1: some really wealthy people that they buy they buy like random old clothes on eBay, and I'm like, I um, just like.
5: Michael Jackson was always looking for the goodwill. I mean, there was a 30-year gap in those two videos that have been circulating around online. Yeah. When He, he first, loved
1: going to what, the Salvation Army?
5: Yeah, when, when that stuff first got famous, when he first got famous, I'm sorry, you know, being actually like thriller, thriller, Michael Jackson, not the Jackson yeah. 5 and stuff. He, they had a video of him, old VHS recording from like the late 80s, early 90s, getting in the car, and he's like, where's the goodwill? And then there was one right before he died where it was kind of like the same thing. He had just got done running through pre-production for – the Vegas show that he was doing, and he he leaves the set and says, oh, "You yeah, know, I
1: think I remember that clip." Let's go yeah, hit up the old Salvation amazing.
5: Army and get me some big collared shirts. I'm a
0: huge fan, of Goodwill and thrift stores and stuff. I spent four hundred dollars on vintage electronics the other day, speakers <laughs> and a, a stereo receiver. Nice, everything fucking worked.
5: You know what? I'm going to put this out there on the show. It's kind of kind of some of our. Uh, off the air business. If if Noah bitches to me about his credit card bills one more time, right? I'm just gonna slap him because it's all he ever complains about. But he's always buying himself new toys, can't, so can't help it. You're just that I'm, guy.
1: I'm the same. I collect stuff. I love book, like um like uh, book diving. I found some like really rare books. Mm. I'm like holy kamoli. I even have like I'll have to show you guys one day when we get on Facetime.
0: I think my issue is that I just know when something is like. Worth grabbing, and I will grab it at no co- uh, no matter what the cost.
1: No, I'm I'm the same. Like I'm like if I can't get this anywhere else, it's special, you know. Yeah, I'm like gotta snatch that.
5: I will say
0: playing records in my living room now sounds amazing.
5: I'm sure it does. Stay in the I same narrative.
1: I started doing that recently too. That's so funny.
5: <laughs> you know what doesn't sound amazing? COVID. Dr. Fauci. Fuck that guy. A reservoir. Exactly. He was talking <laughs> about that and more. Actually, I'm lying. He was talking about what it's like combating his narrative with the likes. Of Joe Rogan and Alex Jones when he went to cry on Jim Acosta's show over the weekend. Well, he didn't cry. Seriously? Well, everything he says is kind of like whining. So then <laughs> Did he get the quiver? We'll, well, we'll see when, you know, Jim talks to him about competing with so many of the uh, big names in the community and horse medicine.
0: So, like, when they put Joe Rogan on the, uh, the news and they gave him a blurry gray Have, I guess
5: to compete I love it. with the likes of Tucker Carlson
6: and, and Joe Rogan. Uh, Dr. Fauci, and are their voices uh, more powerful uh, and, I guess, more widespread than uh, people like yourself, uh, other public health experts who are out there, and is that, isn't that that part of the problem? Well,
16: uh, Jim, disinformation and misinformation is really a very serious issue when it comes to a public health issue like covid-19 in which it is essential to get correct information out both for people who are infected and who do need proper medication and proper care to foster things that are unproven right from the beginning has always been a problem the best way to counter disinformation and misinformation is to try as best as we all can to get the proper and correct information out but one of the enemies of public health is disinformation, and unfortunately, mm. we do see that in some courts.
5: Well, disinformation, or as I like to call it, all of us providing accurate information, is what he's saying is preventing everybody from really getting a hand on this pandemic.
0: He wasn't that. He wasn't that quivery in that one. No, but it's just, I you know, I've had conversations with people who are one hundred percent indoctrinated, brainwashed, whatever you want to call it. Uh-huh. And it's amazing like the the arguments are always the same. Uh-huh. Like yeah. if it's not somebody that you are close with, then you get called a racist or a fascist. Mm-hmm. And if it is somebody you're you're close with, they literally will skip to every single talking point. As soon as you make That's a valid it. point about one, they'll skip to the next talking point.
1: Yep. It's insane, really.
0: And I was talking I was talking to somebody and I was and I was like it makes absolutely no sense that I have to get a negative covid test to go see a loved one in a medical facility. But somebody that has a vaccination card doesn't have to get a covid test. When it- both of us are equal in the potential for spreading covid and getting covid, them even possibly more likely to get it. And I was like by that rationale this is not based on science. No. And immediately I get the response well vaccine hesitant hesitancy <laughs> is also not based on science. And I'm like what you can't just fucking agree with me? Like it's right, it's exactly. it's it's hitting you at you're so threatened by the possibility that everything you believe is wrong, uh-huh. that you can't just even give even a millimeter. And this is somebody like in my family.
1: Right. It's just sad. It is. It's crazy too. It's like, it's and clearly it's disconcerting. like division like, yeah. and tactic, you know, to divide everybody and then to keep them, you know.
0: Well, it's like people, people don't talk to people in their families anymore. Like it, it's like, that no, it's is crazy. the level of just complete segregation that's been happening now. Just like, these people are the enemy, even no matter if they're your mom, dad, or your fucking brother, or whatever. Like, Well, here's the thing. No, I'm not saying they're the enemy, but no. they're being told that we're the enemy.
5: Here's some of the things what? that those people that you guys are referring to are getting over the weekend, okay? A bunch of bullshit? Yes. First of all, there was a story ran by MSNBC. Man, they were really going for it this weekend. I know we played our last clip from CNN, but at the same time, an overwhelming majority of our fear porn this week was produced by MSNBC. Okay? MSDNC? Whatever you want to call it. So there was a story that circulated starting Friday, originally reported and tweeted by Randy Maddow, that said, <laughs> I believe it was hospitals in Oklahoma were overcapacity in bed space due to the fact that people were taking oral, gel, ivermectin, and overdosing. It was fact-checked over the weekend False. and proven that one doctor who was fired and stripped of his medical license months ago, was their source. And after wow. calling several hospitals throughout the state, found out that there was Zero. none of that to be true. And the actual amount of, over, of patients admitted for any kind of uh, bad things happening when they're taking ivermectin was less than 2% of the overall patients at all the hospitals in Oklahoma that were surveyed.
3: So um, that,
5: that's first of all. Um, secondly, the CDC, they updated their definition for vaccination on September 1st, kind of came and went without a whimper. It went from replacing the word immunity with protection when you're fully vaccinated, including booster shots. And they've been bouncing around and
0: changing. They've been just kicking the goalposts on everything like that constantly.
5: Josh Hawley weighed in today on Twitter, added Dr. Fauci, and basically put out a statement that says, you have repeatedly and deliberately misled congress and lied to the american people. Yeah. resign and prepare yeah. to face a congressional inquiry. That was a statement that Josh Hawley put out this morning on his twitter and added Dr. Fauci. At the same time, again, those people who think we have a bad in the united states, yes wearing a mask sometimes is awful and annoying and shouldn't happen. Yes, they are completely Useless. demonizing alternative treatments due to the fact that it's what that 50% or less Accuracy rate is what's being able to let them use the Emergency Authorization Act for the vaccines, mandate them in the workplaces, mandate them at the federal level. But our friends in Australia, which we've talked about for weeks now, the Australian Prime Minister, Dan Andrews, gave a um, an evening address to the nation last night and said, soon you won't be able to buy or trade in the economy unless you get the vaccine. He then segued and talked about how unvaccinated people compared them to monsters. Oh. Yeah. And said, this isn't about the vaccine. It's about your freedom and control. That's basically what the narrative of, you know, he, he was basically saying.
0: Great. Now we're domestic terrorists and monsters.
5: Right. Well, only a few well, the Bible told
1: us about this, so, I mean. It sure
5: did. As if that wasn't enough, I don't know if you guys have heard, after the Ligma variant, <laughs> I believe before <laughs> the SUGMA variant. The Lambda There's the Moo variant. Oh, yeah, the Moo. (laughs) He's keeping an eye on it. He's making a list and checking it twice. (laughs) He went on TV yesterday on Face the Nation to talk about its immediate threat level, or lack thereof, and and what he's going to be doing in the meantime.
1: And I know that Delta remains very dominant, but you said this week that you're also keeping a close eye on the Mu variant, and the World Health Organization has listed it as a variant of interest. What does a close eye mean? What are you looking for?
16: Well, you're looking to see if it becomes more dominant, namely if the relative proportion of isolates in a given place, including in this country, becomes more. Right now, we're not seeing that. The Delta variant is over 99% dominant. So when we say we're keeping an eye on the Mu variant, we wanna make sure it doesn't become more dominant. We actually don't know what the consequences would be. The concern is that it has a few, a constellation of mutations that would indicate that it might evade the protection from certain antibodies. That's what we mean when we say we're keeping an eye on it. But right now, it is not an immediate threat, even though we take all of these variants very seriously. Keeping an eye, like, to make sure... You can't control the shit. It's a fucking virus.
0: We've been keeping an eye on the flu variants and... uh, Over 99%. 99%
5: and the flu shot. and uh, So in a virus, you can isolate, therefore accurately test for without a blood draw. You're telling me that 99% of all the cases right now, which is what he just said, are of Delta? That makes no sense. Well, they... That's been just bullshit.
0: There's no test for it, yeah. I just
1: can't deal. Like at this point, anybody can still listen to this guy and fully trust him is beyond me. Well,
0: it's insanity. Just the way the media and Fauci and the NIH or whoever, like they're just they're working hand in hand, and for them to talk about disinformation is just the most ridiculous thing. Back to the Joe Rogan (laughs) thing. Yep. CBS post or had an article or news story or whatever, quote unquote. I got COVID. Joe Rogan says he's using ivermectin, an unproven anti-parasite drug, for treatment. So, unproven, right? Okay. Let's go and look at uh, Uncle Fauci's uh, NIH website. This is at pubmed.ncbi.nlm.nih.gov. It's the pubmed.gov website. It says, ivermectin a multifaceted drug of Nobel Prize-honored distinction with indicated efficacy against a new global scourge, COVID-19. Basically, it says that in 2015, the Nobel Committee for Physiology or Medicine, in its only award for treatments of infectious diseases since six decades prior, honored the discovery of ivermectin, IVM, a multifaceted drug deployed against some of the world's most devastating tropical diseases since uh, and since March 2020 when IVM was first used against a new global scourge. I like scourge. That's yes. pretty good. Uh, COVID-19. More than 20, get it, 20 randomized clinical trials have tracked such inpatient and outpatient treatments. Six of seven meta-analyses of IVM treatment uh, RCTs, reporting in 2021 found notable reductions of COVID-19 fatalities with a mean 31% relative risk of mortality versus controls. Mm. Sounds like it's uh, not what I would call unproven. <clears throat> sure does. Just it. saying. Yeah,
5: very interesting. Very interesting and indeed. And Fauci's, Fauci's involved with the Google. NIH, right?
0: Yeah. Isn't that one of his things? is yeah. that? Isn't Fauci? He's involved in the NIH. Well, Isn't I, that their I, website? I know his wife
5: yeah. allots money to projects that need to get you know, done for me. Mm. So, yeah, it's very, very, very interesting to see uh, all of the developments that have been happening in, in regards to that stuff.
0: But you can show somebody that. You can literally send that side by side. I posted it. You can send that side by side to somebody and they're going to completely just disregard.
5: Yeah. I mean, this comes at different I
1: mean, I'm looking at people on Twitter saying, oh, taking horse meds and, like, making fun of people calling it, I'm like... I'm like, you guys, like all you have to do is Google ivermectin. Yeah. Well, there was, if you want to look at it.
0: There was social media insider leakage where they were saying that they were actually being uh, encouraged to use only horse dewormer rather than ivermectin as anything that they were responding to. Yeah. Just to completely further press that. Right. Like, we're not going to the veterinarian. Like, there's ivermectin, there's human versions of it.
5: Yeah, it comes in <laughs> two or five hundred milligram doses and can be found found in almost any pharmacy. Yeah, so and it's been been used for nearly twenty years, and like Noah mentioned, won a Nobel Peace Prize in uh, two thousand fifteen for antiviral treatments.
0: I mean, if it's good enough for Afghan refugees, yeah, it's well, good enough for me. I mean, if
5: if you're gonna Acumen. demonize ivermectin so much and and call it like a horse dewormer in this and the other, thing wouldn't where, that partic- wouldn't that be a war crime? Then true story, are we smallpoxing these people that are coming over or what? Hey, you guys want some blankets? <laughs> Last thing I got on COVID, and we're actually going to end on a positive note today. Newly released Mm. documents provide U.S.-funded research on several types of coronaviruses in the Wuhan Institute of Virology in China. The Intercept has obtained more than 900 pages of documents detailing the work of EcoHealth Alliance, a U.S.-based health organization that used federal money to fund bat coronavirus research at the Chinese lab. The trove of documents, which was obtained through a FOIA request, pretty pretty funny that we've been asking for two years that this happened, and all we hear in the news is no. Not only do the people who actually were doing it and funding it yeah. say no, but then all of their political pundits on all the little bitch channels like CNN and MSNBC, CBS, and all the others go out and parrot the same thing. But when you actually ask for the official documents to be released, a la Dr. Fauci's emails, um, prove that... This was uh, the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases funded this, uh, as well as all project updates relating to the EcoHealth Alliance's research, which has been scrutinized and increased interest of origins of the pandemic. The documents were released with the ongoing, like I already mentioned, Freedom of Information Act litigation by The Intercept um, against the National Institute of Health. That's the NIH, where Dr. Fauci works. The Intercept is also making the full documents available online to the public, which there's a link below. If anybody wants to hit me in the DMs, I'm reading from it right now. And, uh, you know, one of the grants titled, Imagine This, Understanding the Risks of Bat Coronavirus Emergences. Hmm. Outlines ambitious efforts led by EcoHealth Alliance President Peter Daszak, who was recused from talking about any of this because he got caught lying and then had to step down from the NIH. Awkward. um, To screen thousands of bat samples for novel coronaviruses. The research also involves screening people who work with live animals. Um, The document contains several critical details about the research in Wuhan, including the fact that key experimental work, listen now, with humanized mice, and that's where they cut off the fetal tissue and put it on the the mice heads, uh, was conducted at a biosafety lab level 3, Giggle because we Humanized all know
0: mice should just be a red flag
5: at the Wuhan Uni- university center for animal experiments. At least they're honest um, in Wuhan, China and not at the Wuhan Institute of virology as was previously assumed. The documents raise additional question about the theory that the pandemic may have begun in a lab accident an idea that Peter Daszak has uh, aggressively dismissed. So, mm-hmm. and it goes on it, it gives you like, you know, There's stuff that they were able to get all the way back to 2014 um, that shows there was funding going on here. There was research going on at these two institutes. Um, It was very sloppy. And when finally uncovered, was suspended by the Trump administration in April of 2020. Imagine that. Hmm. So... Yeah, that stuff that was released today, I kind of got ahead of myself with the Josh Hawley tweet because that tweet was in a direct response to that report that broke this morning. Mm. But I mean, that's kind of, you know, some of the layers starting to get peeled back to where we're at now and hopefully where we're going and kind of slowing this narrative down because it's getting excessively out of control. What an action-packed episode! Right, it's pretty good. Noah wasn't too tired, and I saw him eating a little bit during the show, so he wasn't starving. Yep, I'm very happy that Antoinette was able to uh, join us. I think I got two hours of sleep. Good job, team. Okay. Yeah, glad everybody uh, made it today, and including both of our amazing guests. Yeah, that was Um, a solid lineup today. Mike Crispy of the Right Side Broadcasting Network and host of Red, White & Truth and Kayla Michelle, the Fit Patriot. Um, Thank you for stopping by with us and spending a little time to break down the news with commentary. Um, Something else you may want to break down is our show, which is available on all major podcasting platforms. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, Podbean, and Google Podcasts. Subscribe to the show, rate it, leave a review. And don't forget to download, listen, like, follow, and share. Show creds of the week. Best of the rest. They're the people who help make this show uh, go round, either with news, posts, audio clips. You guys are all amazing. Um, Obviously, like I already mentioned, Mike Crispy and Kayla Michelle, in addition to The Daily Breb, Wonder Woman, Canadians 10, Cagbro 88. They're the the top tier right there. Also, Scalps, Garbaggio, Emerald Robinson, of Newsmax, Christina Bob of OAN, and Mr. Tom Pappert, Editor-in-Chief of the National File, all contributed things that went into this show that we use today. Uh, don't forget to visit our sponsors. They are American-owned and operated small businesses, and we like to make those small businesses great again. Um, your contribution doesn't necessarily help us, but for surely helps them in their attempt to uh, you know, combat the globalists from uh, giving you this quality product that they all make. Odyssey, headphones, whether you're recording in studio, podcasting, gaming, they're amazing. If you like earbuds, they got them. If you like over-the-head ear wraparounds, they got those too. And their headphones have built-in microphones, a little boom arms. So you yeah. can talk shit to little kids on the internet. Everybody knows what those Xbox live <laughs> chat rooms are like. So you better buckle up before you get in there. They're on odyssey.com. They're also on Facebook and Instagram. Stay ready to gear holsters. Um, amazing work with Kydex. Go check out their website. If it doesn't tickle your fancy, send them a picture of your cat. Send them a picture of Donald Trump. They'll put it on a holster for you. Still waiting on our steak for breakfast one. It's coming. You know what else is usually coming? Man rubs. Mm. Don't mistreat your meat. Summer's winding down. We just hit Labor Day weekend. (laughs) Hopefully a lot of people were rubbing a lot of man rubs all over everything that they put in their mouths yesterday. And it was (laughs) delicious. Um, I love those guys. I love their products. I use them all the time. And they are delicious. Mike down at West Coast Survival Arms. Uh, Keep in Southern California Packing heat for over mm. a decade He's on a newly redesigned website At westcoastsurvivalarms.com In addition to Facebook Messenger And by the telephone 619-870-6992 Mediocre Medic And mediocremedic.com First responder EMT, fire He's got a tactical med kit You want to throw some patches on it Long day at the office Want to take off the boots And throw on some flippy floppies we will get you suited in both and more they're on Instagram and at Mediogrammatic.com. And uh, if you're just looking for overall tack flair, you want it to put it everywhere, whether it's a flag hanging in your house, sticker for your coffee cup, T-shirt, zero ducks patches, and more.
0: The roof of our studio.
5: Got some patches on it. Mark Joe Friday, Dumpbox, and dumpbox.us. He's also on Instagram and Facebook as well. Um, upcoming shows, we got a lot of them. Next, uh, this Friday, actually, Jeremy Bravo is going to be making his first appearance on Steak for Breakfast. I'm really excited about that. In addition to him, we're going to have Tim Swain, senatorial candidate, challenging Tim Scott in the state of South Carolina. He's an America First Agenda um, candidate running for office right now. And we're going to have him on and pick his brain about all the happenings that are going on there. On the 14th of September, we'll have Gabby Fox. Uh, Next Friday will be Hannah Kirkpatrick circling back on the 17th of September. Following Tuesday will be Miss Norbin Laden on the 21st. Prince Alex Stein, host of Conspiracy Castle. Funny story real quick. I turned on FrankSpeech.com the other day, okay? Mike's got a show on FrankSpeech.com. It's like three panelists, not Mike, but a woman and two men, breaking down this city council meeting where Alex Stein went dressed in his beautiful suits that he wears on all his shows on his youtube channel to talk about how they needed to ease the coronavirus restrictions because all of the help that he keeps hiring keeps dying from it so he'd rather not go through the he was trolling them but it went viral online even to where mike lindell's podcast on frankspeech.com was breaking it down i was so weirded out to turn on the tv and see alex stein's face there talking shit to the city council and they just bought right into it how he was basically trolling them How he can't keep help because of all the COVID restrictions It was pretty funny <laughs> Yeah, the week after that we'll have on Kyle Becker And then on the 1st of October Alan, the host of the Great Divide Podcast Is going to be joining us in studio So a lot of amazing shows coming up In addition to all the people we'll be filling in the gaps Whether we have people running for office um, You know, guests We're going to try to get Dr. Srasky back on real soon uh, Friends of the Week Brenda Memes 5, Mostly Peaceful Memes, iFrog Friend, American Patriotic Babe, she's been around forever, that's her new account, Kalia 3.1, and of course, Baby Cakes 2.0. Guys, we got a couple things you need to do in between this show and next. They're pretty simple, they're pretty easy, and we tell them to you every week. First of all, do your own research. All this stuff about COVID's coming out right now. I think we're going to have a big week in the uh, audit section of our community, Get in there and do your research so you're prepared to go out there and make fire memes when the when the drops finally happen. Hold the line, ride it, buy the dip, and sure is it dipping right now. Get the fuck in here. Snatch the wigs. Let's see what happens, and most importantly, where we go one, we go all. This has been episode 61 of Steak for Breakfast Podcast. I'm Roan, and on behalf of our co-host, Noah, see you later. Bye. And Antoinette. Hi guys. Have a good day. We'll be back on Friday with Senatorial Candidate Tim Swain and Jeremy Bravo. Thanks for listening. Take care. I really needed some fresh air badly more than you could
4: ever know. I climbed onto her fire escape and I heard her voice from four stories below. I know I was being dumb. It was raining, but I kept on. What's all this? What's going on here? Here. Let's just open it up for you. Didn't get this at a tractor supply. Because I've been like Santa Claus taking care of everybody. Hours a day for months. Taking care of people. Overhead shot, please. You know what this is? This is ivermectin for humans. It won a Nobel Prize as an antiviral. And this is inhalable, or these are the tablets, steroids. So let me show you. I was going to do this anyways earlier. See this? See this, Fauci? You see this, Bill Gates? I'm going to kill those prions, you bastard murderers. You're going to hit me with a bioweapon, you monster. You want to suppress me? You want to kill me? You son of a bitch. You goddamn demon. You think I'm easy to kill? <laughs> think I'm going to roll over to your crap? No. And Joe Rogan kicked your murdering ass, too. You'd love to bury him, too, you little monster maggot. He's in this National Geographic piece about... Oh, I don't usually deal with my enemies right away. I get them later. Yeah, you creep up on with a poison injection, dressed up in a lab coat, you little Joseph Mingala. Nuremberg code violating monster.
11: You <laughs>